Amazing Nerd Show. We got a whole lot to talk about this week. Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be like a four-hour podcast. I, I warned you about it last week. Oh, my <laughs> God. All right. Let's let's get into it, right? Yes. Let's see if we can beat last week's cap. <laughs> was that our longest yes, episode? Yes, it really was. It was three hours. It felt like it. So... <laughs> I will try not to be as long this time. Uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see. <laughs> so E3 happened? Yes. Or it's E3, happening still? The conference is ended kind of today. So okay. the, there's still like a floor show. To explain this to you, it's like how Hall H would happen. You oh. know, and that's when they have all their showings. So the meat of the conference is over. Yes. Where all the news is really coming out of. Okay. Well, yeah, they still have like random things that will show up probably. Like... Um, like smaller developers that didn't put their game out on the big floors, you know they're gonna bring out their stuff. Okay, but yeah, um, I don't. It was it was an okay showing. You know, it wasn't great. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're in this kind of limbo year where it's kind of like they showed us a lot of new stuff last year, so we're kind of getting a lot of the same this year. It's kind of an in between yeah. year. Like Sony, pretty much it was everything that they had already announced from last year, and I guess. Crowd reaction has been very low. That's what I was going to say. Year. Hasn't there been a lot of like negative feedback? Yeah, they're like, oh man, I, I switched off Raw to watch this and I wanted to go okay, back to... Okay, who the hell is complaining about <laughs> switching off Raw? <laughs> I don't know. It's Maybe it was the way I'm they actually happy when commercial breaks come mm. in Raw. <laughs> Just to relieve me. Not that you don't get thing. plenty. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no <worries>. Video games. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I like being able to see gameplay from Sony, so that's I was excited about that. Um, the game that I said that I was originally most excited for ended up not being the most exciting thing of this entire event. And that, uh, what I said last episode was um, I was most excited for Ghost of Tsushima, not Tushima. I kept saying it wrong, I guess. That's okay. We uh, forgive you. Yeah, I learned. Um, mostly because the gameplay was kind of... It felt... Well, just from what they showed us, it felt like it wasn't, like, it was very kind of choppy. While yeah. the world looks gorgeous and beautiful. And, like, I've, I've never seen something so crisp looking ever in a game. It was just such a real world. It's, um, it's feudal Japan, and you're kind of like, uh, it's an open world experience. Yeah, I, re- I actually remember you mentioning that last mm. episode. So, do you feel like the gameplay could be something that they're still working on? Probably. Is it, are they still at the chalkboard? Like, you know... Or is this game like almost about to like hit the shelves? Um, I'm not. I don't remember seeing. Do games even hit the shelves anymore? (laughs) (laughs) They do, but um, not not really. Right. It's it's better almost just to get digital at this point. Okay. Especially since like people are always on the move. Um, every like once you have it digital, you have it everywhere. Yeah. You know. So. I get it. I get it. Um, Says the guy with like 500 (laughs) Blu-rays. Hey, I'm man. refusing. I know. Hard I'm copies are dying, though. And they're really, they really are. Yeah, not, not with me. Not at this house, <laughs> damn it. 
I need to collect everything. Well, so. speaking of collecting, um, we got a lot of news about um, Fallout 76. Okay. This was one of the things I was excited for. Um, they have a collector's edition. It comes with a helmet. Uh, a fully like wearable helmet that has a I'm flashlight on top. The helmet eye. <laughs> I like it. Nice. It's very uh, voice changer and all. Oh, they wow. They went for it. Wow. <laughs> How much is that going to run you? Um, I think the collector's edition is like 170 or so or more. But that comes with the game, uh, with a glow-in-the-dark map, all this <laughs> other extra stuff. Uh, the game looks really well done for what it turned out to be. It's going to be all online, which mm-hmm. scares a lot of us that are used to this game being a single-player-only experience because okay. you, know, you feel like you're losing... That kind of experience from it but it feels like they captured that single player game just now you get to play with friends okay and it's going to be do you crazy. have to play with friends though no but you're going to want to because you're going to be running into other people who are not going to be your friend okay <laughs> i would hate that okay yes <laughs> uh, how do you are you a big fan of the, that series yes and almost every single other friend i have is a huge fan of okay the series. so it's not so, a problem for you not a huge problem okay I've even considered, like, uh, my friend was like, if I don't have PSN at the time, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play this. I was like, I'm just going to buy him some a year of PSN just so wow. I can do this. You're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it. He doesn't uh, listen to this. So he doesn't, <laughs> so he doesn't um, So what was the best conference, press conference? Surprisingly enough, it was Microsoft. Okay. And I tell you that because they had the most games... The most um, like surprises and things happen at the uh, press conference. Whereas Sony was just, hey, we have these four or five titles. Um, they threw in some surprises, but it wasn't anything like too exciting. Um, Square Enix was dog shit. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't really care much for Kingdom Hearts, so that's not a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a huge Final Fantasy guy. Okay. So that was like their bread and butter for this, and they didn't even show off that. Oh wow! So were a lot of people disappointed. Oh my god! And it was um like this like it was kind of just like watching a thirty minute video, and that was about it. Wow! And when these press conferences usually go an hour to an hour and thirty minutes, and people are looking forward to this all year. Yeah. And, you know, getting these people have been there. waiting for Kingdom Hearts three footage to come out since for like five ten years. Wow! So and they got nothing. Well, they got. They got a little bit more, but it was like trailers that they've already seen over and over again. Is the game like close to coming out? Yes. Okay. It's not too far away. Um, and then they have a lot of Japanese games that they're coming out with and such and such, but it was nothing that was really capturing my eye. Okay. So, um, yeah, Square Enix was dog shit. Ubisoft was its normal type of like, we have, we already know what kind of games we're going to get from them um, at this point. Um, more Just Dance. More, um, you know, MMO shooters, so it's just kind of... Was there anything that just, like, surprised everyone? Like, they got everyone really, like, buzzing and talking about? Um, I think that goes between Fallout and Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. Mostly because the studio behind um, Cyberpunk 2077 is the game makers that made The Witcher 3. And that game is considered one of the best open world experiences of all time at this point. Okay. Um, so that got released like out of nowhere. Like um, Microsoft was pretty much closing the show, and then out of nowhere, it looks like someone's hacking into the system 
and then that's how they kind of announced the game. Oh, that's cool. So it just came out of nowhere. Um, no one really, for some reason, even though um, the company um, CD Projekt Red, the studio that makes it, um, always seems to announce their games at Microsoft press conferences, no one expected the game to be at a Microsoft press conference. So that's cool. It's nice so, to yeah. have a surprise like that. It was a nice surprise. Um, EA didn't have a lot to show, but uh, it was... They still focused mostly on Battlefield um, and Cloud Gaming, but we did get that exciting news for a new Star Wars game. That's right. going to be during the um, Jedi Hunt era. Oh, wow. Yes. That is exciting. That's uh, they, a game I'd actually play. <laughs> Unfortunately, you'll be playing as a Jedi, so we'll see how that... Oh, really? How that goes, yeah. Do you think eventually you'll be able to play as, like, Vader? I mean, maybe. They they were very, like, we're not... They didn't have anything to show of it. They didn't have anything... They didn't even have, like, a title for it yet. Uh, okay. Well, they had the title, which was um, Jedi Fallen Order. But um, they didn't have, like, you know, I'm talking about the logo. Or yeah. Anything. They just came up to so a developer. it's very, like, yeah, it's pre-production. Still, yeah. Like, okay. Still exciting. Mm, very. That, <laughs> we, we keep talking about, about that, that we all the time. <laughs> right? I feel like the last three episodes we've been talking exactly. about that. That's hilarious. All right. So, yeah. Um, those were those were kind of my big three uh, things. Um, the Jedi hunt moments. Um, we're getting um, Battlefront 2, of course, is having um, a bunch of prequels. Uh, kind of uh, movie stuff going into a game soon. So, okay. You wanted to play as Anakin, right? Yeah. Battlefront Two. Oh yeah. Damon? Obviously. Totally. General <laughs> young, Grievous. Young Anakin. Yes. Too. Young Anakin. <laughs> oh God. We'll do some pod racing. Yes. Yeah. Oh. We all get to now reenact that famous "Hello There" scene <laughs> with Obi Wan and Grievous. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Enough prequel talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, I, I guess I could end it with Anthem. Anthem looked okay. Um, the main thing I got from EA was they really understand how pissed off people were about their microtransactions. So they really are rolling back uh, even Anthem, this huge MMO game, which MMOs nowadays are known for basically having as many pay-for options as possible, is going to have only... You can only pay for vanity items. So things that don't help you really get further in the game. So that's a huge like turnaround. Yes. Wow. Okay. So that, that's great. People still shit all over this press conference anyway. So people were very not happy with E3 this year um, okay. so far. That's um, what I was hearing. So do you think there's a particular reason why it just you know? I guess it's heightened expectations that plus just not enough new content coming out. Mm -hmm. Well, I so. can understand that though. You know, you want to see something new and exciting, mm -hmm. or have those surprises and everything, and yeah. So especially if this is it. Like, yeah, you don't want everything to be a CG trailer. You want to see actual gameplay. Right. Yeah. So I get it. I get it, but at the same time. I'm I'm excited for what we did get. I'm happy to see the future, and we're we're gonna. It's just gonna be next year. They'll probably show gameplay next year. You know, it's just gonna be how it is. That's right. And if people want to hear your full reactions. They can follow us on Periscope. Yes. So you were on there all weekend long, <laughs> <laughs> multiple posts covering the shit out of everything, <sighs> which was awesome. So, and we'll be trying to do more of that. Mm -hmm. You know, in the future. So we actually were on there, you know, talking SmackDown tonight. 
So, you know, give us a follow on Periscope. Yes, definitely. So, um, Halloween trailer dropped? Yes. The your, Halloween trailer dropped. Your thoughts? Um, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my original, I was kind of worried with... Um, Laurie Strunk? Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie Lee Curtis coming back to it for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something just didn't feel right with that image that they released of it. Mm-hmm. Just felt very like Hollywood almost. Yeah. But this trailer looked great. It did. It did. I was excited. Um, you know, I'm still not stoked about, you know, it revolving around Laurie Strode and, you know, Michael Myers. Um, I get it. I just feel like we've seen that movie already. Mm. Um I like the concept of them not being brother and sister, which they, you know, put up front in the trailer. Um, I still think they're brother and sister. Okay. I don't. I haven't heard any news that says just that they're because just I know John it, Carpenter but... hated that aspect. Mm. He, he and you know, a lot of people feel like that kind of like bogged down the series after fact. Um, you know, he always because he kind of like begrudgingly wrote the script for Halloween 2 um, and he just felt like he was like having writer's block and he just didn't know where to go and why Michael would be stalking Laurie still so mm. he kind of felt like he had to throw that in there um, and it's been kind of like to the detriment of the series you know I really enjoyed Halloween 4 and that kind of followed that storyline more but after that you know it was just like alright you know what is Michael's purpose? So, and I feel like it's a lot scarier to just have Michael being this like force of nature. You know, he's not just hunting down his sister or, you know, looking for relatives of her, you know, mm. his family, you know. Um, so I like that aspect of it. But that being said, he's still going after Lori after all these years. So, I feel like it, for me, it just doesn't take, it doesn't take anything away from the story for me. Yeah, I think I, it's just more. I think that original, the first movie, worked so well without Lori being, you know, a relative. You know, so I don't see the need for that. You know, even I, I would even argue part two, like it did, it didn't really need that. Like I could see Michael showing to the hospital and still stalking her. She did shoot him, you mm-hmm. know, or Loomis shot him. You know, she stabbed the shit out of him. So I think that's fine if he shows up the hospital. So I don't feel like it was ever really. You know, I'm, I'm fine with him just being the boogeyman, you know. Um, but the trailer looked beautiful. Everything looked, you know, well done. Michael's look is fantastic. I love the mask that they've got, you mm-hmm. know, him in now. Um, you know, it looks very much like the original mask, but just age. For some reason, the movies, like, lost track of the look of the mask, you know, uh, by four. And, like, it went with, like, they went with this almost, like, whitewashed, like, look. For a little bit and just like, you know, um, this is very much the Captain Kirk, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, nothing yeah. beats in my mind the original, you know, Michael Myers mask. So I did enjoy the look that he had in the Rob Zombie movie. though. Yeah, I did enjoy that aged kind of look. And this is almost like a middle ground between the two, really. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, just hearing the score, you know. <laughs> Once the music hits mm-hmm. in the trailer, you know, I get chills right away, and it, it can't be October soon enough for me. Well, I was definitely sold at that closet scene. Uh-huh. Yes. I was like, oh, he's totally in the closet. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. bad time. Oh, I, I, yeah, no. It, it looks like it's going to be, like, balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. It's in good hands. Um, 
David Gordon Green and um, oh Danny McBride is actually okay. one of the writers, and then Carpenter's um, one of the executive producers, um, and he's supposed to have you know like you know some say you know creatively. So um, they're supposed to be using him like to bounce things off of you know at least you know they did with the script and everything and the way they're shooting it. So um, you know, and I believe it's in the can. You know, I I. I it's ready to go. Mm. So I haven't heard anything about like reshoots or anything like that. So uh, did we have a release date again? We do. I think it's October. Is you know, they're saying Halloween they're saying is... no, no. I think it's uh, October nineteenth. Okay. October nineteenth. So just before Halloween, which is perfect. Mm. So, um, I I feel like this movie's gonna do huge. So mm. I mean, there's no reason for studios not to release a Halloween movie. Oh yeah. During <laughs> the one thing that kind of irked me was like her having a whole bunker underneath her island, her kitchen island. That's what it seems mm-hmm. like. You know, she's like totally like Linda Hamilton, like, you know, Terminator style, like waiting for Michael Myers. Yeah. And just after 40 years, I don't know. You know, she's that <laughs> obsessed with him and everything after that one night. And I mean, horrific things happen to her. But. It just feels like a bit much. If you're saying the sequels didn't happen. Yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. Halloween 2 did not happen in this world. So for her to be that, like, on edge, like, waiting for Michael, mm. you know, where she's ready to go. You know, and she even says in the trailer, she wants him to get out so she can take care of him. So, I mean, you're talking about someone who's suffering through some serious, like... Yeah. Did what happened to her in the first PST. movie really that bad? <laughs> They <laughs> did slaughter all her friends, you know. Yeah, were they good friends? At the, I guess. I mean, so I don't know. I know. I mean, he didn't like slaughter the kids. She was her trauma counselor needs to be fired. Yes, yes. Hopefully, it wasn't Loomis. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the one thing that irked me. But overall, yes, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. No, to I go. understand what you're saying. Sorry. All right. Next, we're going on to comics. That's right. Uh. There was a lot again this week. That we had to <laughs> oh, there's a lot so, next week, too. But a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Um, Infinity Countdown number four. Yes. All right. We are almost at a close uh, for this series, and we're going right into Infinity War after this. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of tie-ins between... There now. are. There are. So um, let's go ahead and read the blurb here. Ultron has long wished to take over all there is and replace it only with Ultron. But now armed with an Infinity Stone, he has never been closer to his goal. With the Guardians falling apart, uh, who can step forward to stop this singularity from overwhelming everything? Was Ultron really even in this book? Yeah. For like... Well, yeah, because they take care of him. Fucking Galactus shows up at his doorstep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this definitely still was definitely a Guardians book. Um, but yeah, to sell it completely on that, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but Ultron's in there. Um, you know, and that was the biggest moment mm-hmm. in the story. So I mean everything once again with the Guardians to me was stellar. I loved everything, you know, that was going on with the Guardians, and I really do feel like I need to mm. pick up the Guardians actual book if this is how they're being written. Um, I don't know if uh Tom Taylor is doing the Oh no, not Tom Taylor, I'm sorry, that's X-Men Red. Um Gary Duggan is yeah. doing the uh in the Guardian book, but 
he's really got them down, mm-hmm. you know. So I really do want to check out their. Yeah, game. I'm glad that they're not very one dimensional. Like they were having, like um, they weren't on a complete united front with who should have the power stone at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, and I like kind of that tension between like Gamora and, and Peter. Yeah, and Peter. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And I like that Drax just decided <laughs> to say, "Fuck you guys, I'm taking it. Do something about it." So I like how the sax really. And he pulled out his saxophone again. (laughs) I gotta read this book. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I mean, awesome comedy throughout. I still don't like group talking. You know, that's just me. I I feel like that's only gonna last for. Yeah, it's only gonna be short term. I don't feel like at least he still like uses his name. I guess I don't know. It's off putting to me. I just I don't know. But yeah, no. And then you've got Silver Surfer. Striking a deal with Galactus, Galactus showing up, devouring Ultron's planet, mm-hmm. and then we find out that that Silver Surfer is now, you know, part of the deal is him serving Galactus again. Yeah. So, which is a huge moment. He must have really thought that Ultron's, like, uh, could not be stopped in any other way. Well, at this point, all those rockets that were launching, mm-hmm. each one of those were going to take out a world. Like, they were world-destroying, like, you know, you know, missiles. So, I mean, he was pretty fucking scared, obviously, mm-hmm. if he was going to, you know, strike that deal with Galactus, you know, knowing his past. You know, so, I mean, huge moment. You know, we'll see how long it lasts. It actually makes me want to pick the Silver Surfer book, if that's going to actually, mm-hmm. you know, be the gist of the story now. Um, we'll see if that just kind of lasts through Infinity War. I don't know, but my God. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad Galactus is back to being Galactus, mm-hmm. though. You know, like, I can't imagine him being, like, the life bringer, you know? Yeah, that just seems wrong to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed this book. This is probably my favorite issue so far of mm. this series. Mine so, as well. Um, you know, I do feel like they took Ultron out pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer are pretty powerful. Did they collect his stone? They did. Okay. They did. Um, and then uh, Silver Surfer gave the stone to Adam Warlock. And, yeah, so he now has the stone. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. So they kind of teased um, them putting the Infinity Watch back together. Um, Gamora was talking about mm-hmm. it. So we'll see if it eventually becomes a thing. Because they talked about the Guardians becoming the Infinity yeah. Watch, which is just ridiculous. And they all kind of laughed it off. Um, That's but, because Nova wanted to take the power stone yes, with him. And, yes, yes. And like, oh, we can all become the Infinity Watch now. They can. Which I definitely see. Rocket can't gonna, put a handle on <laughs> That's definitely going to play a part in the um, Dark Hawk. Oh, absolutely. Well. And that'll be interesting to see how that all mm-hmm. works itself out. So, um, and that comes out next week, I believe. And that's a four issue series, mm-hmm. the Dark Hawk, which I'm actually happy about. I really enjoyed that first book. So, but yeah, no, this is going strong. Hopefully it ends strong, because I think next issue is the last issue, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. It should be. Yeah, because it goes It's to, just a ton of... Because it goes to that. July, and mm-hmm. then Infinity War, I think, starts in July, or starts in August. So... Yeah. I mean, I am interested with the Black Widow one, because I'm kind of curious what she does with, when she has the stone just dropped off. That's right, she found it in the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. Logan left it for her. <laughs> So we haven't seen her since. That was the first first issue or second issue? That was the first one. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens, too. I was really expecting her to pop up somewhere, but they just haven't had any space. This is really a Guardian story. 
So, all right. Well, let's move on. We have X-Men Red, number five. All right. This is coming off the annual where we learned a lot more about Cassandra and what she's been up to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, mutant hate is at an all-time high, and Jean Grey is caught right in the middle. Cassandra Nova's plan is finally revealed, but to devastating consequences. And just because Jean Grey's team finally knows what's going on doesn't mean they can actually stop it. Someone close to Jean is about to become Nova's latest pawn, but who and why? Uh, these ver <laughs> these blurbs are uh, that kind of happened in the annual, exactly. Right? Huh. All right. Well, that's not really what happened in this book. No. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even feel remotely close to what no, this book was about. No, that was more the annual. Mm. So, um, yeah, I I enjoyed this. Um, how did you feel? Um, I like the gambit moments going into the hospital when um they you know get the they finally get the what's what are these called the nanites yes. out of the guy's brain the Senadol nanites mm-hmm. yeah I like Nanotech, those yeah. I liked um using uh, nightcrawler I like nightcrawler's beard by the way I just started noticing he has this whole beard going uh-huh, on right but um I like nightcrawler bringing in the dad and all those moments that they're kind of having they're kind of. I don't know how I felt about Jean later on when she's just kind of like showing the um, the military guys how it feels to be the mutants and the mutants the... See, I actually kind of like that because why wouldn't she do that as, you know, if you had yeah. those powers, you know, why wouldn't you flip it around? Because um, I could see in her shoes, like her not wanting to, because she could just make them do whatever the yeah. she wants, you know, but that would be invasive. So I, you know, and obviously I feel like if they were about to actually shoot, she would stop them. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she was able to change their minds instead of just controlling them, because that I feel like if she does that, that would fan the hate more. Where if she can show them literally how it is to be in the other person's shoes, that might actually like you know change them. So I like that kind of approach that this team is having. Um, I like uh, what's the character's name for Wakanda. I don't remember. I can't even. Yeah. I like how, you know, she's very accepting of his, like, passive nature. And Mm. they're using him basically as a shield right now. Obviously, I don't think it's going to last long. Um, And then I like the whole plan, you know, ending up just to get them to the shore. And then we see why, like, Namor is even part of this team, you know. So he's able to, you know. Basically, this country is trying to force all the mutants. I don't know if it's in the concentration camp. They're yeah, they're going to start putting them in camps. Their leader is being controlled by Cassandra Nova. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just put in the edict to like round up all these mutants. The mutants are all making a run for it, you know, and, you know, Gene's directing them to the shore. And we find out the reason why. It's because once they hit the shoreline, now they're on Namor's turf. So, and he's able to now, you know, bring them all in and they're able to take asylum with him. So, um, I thought that was a cool moment. No, I think this, for me, this has been the best X-Men Red book. The, oh, out of all of them? Yes. Um, I liked one a lot, but yeah, this, this is definitely an upgrade, uh, over the last two mm-hmm. issues. You know, I did enjoy the annual, you know, art aside, um, I did enjoy the annual. So, but yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I was kind of disappointed that we didn't find anything else out what was going on with Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're just waiting for a big moment. Yeah, you know? yeah. And this is, I mean, God, we're five issues in. I don't feel like this. This is going to be a long arc. Mm-hmm. 
because I feel like this isn't even close to being over. So, I mean, they're playing the long game here, which is cool. Yeah, and at this the end of this book, there was a little tease for mm-hmm. the extermination like event that's going to be happening soon. So I'm not exactly sure on the date for that, but it's definitely intriguing. Yes. Um, we basically saw the X-Men, you know, 20 years in the future. They haven't aged at all. Though. Yeah, that, <laughs> that like, bothered me. I'm like, Jean Grey still looks yes, the exact same. She looks like she's in her 20s still, maybe mm-hmm. 30s. Um, Nightcrawler 2, but they're getting slaughtered by Sentinels. They're, I believe they're in Atlantis still, yes. it looks like. Um, and she mentions that all the other teams are dead. So, I mean, that's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty dire circumstances. Yes. And we know that Charles is alive in this time, you know, it's kind Maybe. of... Maybe. Well, we don't, I mean, it's 20 years, so... But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I don't see. think we know much. At He's probably alive. He she name <laughs> drops Kitty mm-hmm. and um, you know, the mansion and everything like that. So I don't know. Did she name drop uh Charles? I'd have to pull up the book. Okay. But um I'm just we'll talk about that in the Yes, next. we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um So do you think this is gonna be some time play? Do you think we're gonna be I don't think this is all gonna take place in the future. Mm-hmm. Um but maybe they find something out in the future. The X Men love maybe visions. jumping like through time and <laughs> yeah, I know time travel in general. So um, yeah, maybe some kind of vision or something like that. And they've got to you know, but, I mean, really, it's the bread and butter. So I mean, I could definitely foresee them you know playing with time here. Um, I just can't see this book all taking mm-hmm. place in the future. But who knows? So. Um, and yeah. with a powerful technopath like they have, like why would there be sentinels attacking them in this way? And but we don't know if she's still there exactly. at that point. So who knows? It's twenty years. That's a huge time yeah, jump. Yeah, that's a huge <laughs> jump. So, um, but yeah, a lot of people have a lot of hopes on this series to kind of like you know help kind of streamline and trim the fat in the X Men world because I it sounds like they're going to you know, have a whole new direction after this takes place. Mm. So we'll see. I could do with one or two less X-Books right now, you yeah. know, and I felt like that's what the whole blue and gold thing was supposed to be, you know, kind of and streamlining. And I kind of live without either of those titles. Yeah, or... and yeah, honestly, <laughs> I, do. I just read Astonishing Red. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I, I definitely feel like they could trim the fat a little mm. though. So, but yeah. But no, it's good to see a big X-Men event coming. Yes, yes. I I love... You know, that's the one thing X-Men have always done well is those big events. And I really feel like, you know, they were kind of like the bringers of those events, like in the 90s. Like, they really... There was a big X event, like, every, you know, other month it felt like. Mm. Do you think that this will come before the return of Wolverine or after? Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure when it's supposed to schedule. I, I feel like it's mm-hmm. going to be right around the same time. Okay. So, cause the Wolverine is what, September? Yeah. So it's going to be right around the same time. So, I mean, he could be part of the book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what they'll show us too in the yeah. future. Cause they're not going to want to spoil things, but mm. obviously they're going to change things. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> We know how time travel works. Yeah, I'll be retconned. Uh huh. Deadpool will go kill Ryan Reynolds in the past. Okay. <laughs> Make everything right in the world. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Astonishing X-Men, number 12. The final showdown for a man called X. It's Xavier and Psylocke versus Proteus in a battle for reality itself. Which of these super-powered psychics will win? And when the dust settles, when the next, what's next for the Astonishing X-Men? So Proteus wasn't even in this book. No. <laughs> At all. <laughs> I mean, we can say that literally for each one of these blurbs at this point. And I, I'm guessing they didn't want to spoil the fact mm. that Shadow King's back. You yeah. know, these come out like a month, months in advance. So I get it. Um, I enjoyed the first part of this book. You know, when they were battling mm-hmm. Shadow King. Um... I was taken aback because where we ended with Eleven, I kind of felt like X was Shadow King. Yes. Right? That's what took me out of this a lot. I was like, wait, so wait, X is actually still alive, even though his head's just been ripped open. But yeah, I, you know, and I don't know if that was just supposed to be like, you know, on the astral plane or something like that. What we're seeing, I mean, it was a cool image. (laughs) But yeah, I was what I got from you know the last page of that book was that X was actually Shadow King, you know. So I was actually very disappointed at that point. So I'm, I was happy mm-hmm. that that wasn't the case. Um, that being said, I enjoyed the whole battle between you know the X Men and Shadow King. It was quick, um, but I liked this incarnation of like Shadow King king actually being like on earth and battling them and spewing like all their fears on them i thought that was pretty cool looking um but it was a very quick wrap-up yeah you know and then they kind of you know they so basically x you know will wills himself up you know there's this whole like dialogue yes, x-men don't through. quit x-men don't quit i i actually enjoyed that i will you know x what was it? What was the line? Like X Men stand or something like yeah. that, or X Men get back up or something like that. That they kept. On he saying. literally pushes his head back together. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but then the whole fact that like he basically after they defeat Shadow King and everything, and he gives them all these gifts, you know, of you know letting Bishop actually like relax a little was <laughs> one of the gifts, mm. giving Gambit a, a purpose. Um, making Mystique and, you know, Rogue. Game its purpose is a little lame, though. What, find Phantom X? Yeah, it was more of like, well, that's for you. Pay him back. good, yeah. (laughs) Well, by fine, you know. But I, yes. Um, I was expecting a little more. Um, but yeah, uh, what was another one? Logan letting himself, you know, Mm. not... Not blame himself for not everything. Not blame himself done. a little. Um, Rogue. Some and, of these are a little contrived. Yeah. I will agree with that. Rogue and um, Mystique, you know, Feel, having more of self identity. Yes, yes. Which I didn't know was a huge issue, you know, for Mystique. Yeah, I understand Rogue, but I was like, okay, that seems kind of forced, but mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but yeah, so. The one big one was Angel being able to kind of control his oh, transformations yeah. and everything and choose who he wants to be. That was huge. Mm-hmm. So and that's been something that that character's been struggling with for years now. Um, did he give anything to Psylocke? Um, just the memory of everything that yeah. <laughs> You gotta remember everything, but everyone else can go screw because he basically mind wipes them yes. of this whole event. 
Which, I didn't like that. Right, yeah, I did not like that at all. I hate when stuff doesn't matter. Yes. Well, I guess it matters because he is back, you know, but they just don't know he's back. The only one who knows is Psylocke, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like his watchdog, where if he does go rogue and everything, he can, you know, she can take him out. Um, I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I, I mm. it was a very flat. Note Did to not make series. me excited for a new writer and a new team either. So well, it's good. Well, it actually made me happy that it's going to be a new team and new because I couldn't imagine following this team after this. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I felt like they almost undone like a lot of you know they undid a lot of things that you know mattered mm-hmm. that made this book this series cool. Um, I feel like X is going to obviously pop up in the next couple of months. You know, mm. I feel like something's going to happen. I think we've seen solicitations where he's somewhere. That's right. Oh, where he um, meets up with Jean or something okay. like that. So she's going to discover his presence. Um, so obviously he's going to come into the fold. I don't like this whole, like, I'm X still, you know, yeah. just be fucking Professor Like he X. said, I'm Charles Xavier in the book. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to say, no, just call me X. And I guess because of his experiences and everything like that, it's still... Do you have to be so on the nose with it? Like, no. don't call me Charles anymore. Don't call me Professor, you know? And to get back to Shadow King, I, I think they handled the fight with Proteus a lot better mm-hmm. than they did with Shadow King. Because it felt like, as this being the final boss, pretty much, of this, mm-hmm. it, just, it was so short. I like that you brought it back to video games. Um... Yes, I liked the aesthetics of the fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I buy Professor X being able to handle him, you know, with the might of all that. Basically, he uses a whole network yeah. of psychics and everything like that. Um, like I like the like whole, like, he becomes, like, psychically huge as well and just stomps, stomps on him. Bug. Yeah. But, um, and I love the look of the Shadow King in this, mm-hmm. you know, with his spider body and everything. I thought that was pretty badass, but it was very quick. It wasn't even the whole... It was, like, half the book, mm-hmm. maybe. So, yeah. they. This could have been, like, two issues. And I would have been a lot happier yeah. with it. So. I wouldn't mind if this was, like, a part one or part two for the... Just that issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. It kind of ended the whole... His whole run on a downer for me. Mm-hmm. You know, Soul's run. You know? And I've enjoyed most of it. Honestly. So, it's kind of a drag. So I don't know if this is originally where he was going or, you know, what. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping that we would get, you know, our Professor X back by the end of this, mm-hmm. which we didn't. So we'll see if that happens down the line. Oh, man. Yeah, I have young, cool, badass X. That's what it feels right like, now. right? It feels mm-hmm. like your dad going through, like, a midlife crisis or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, call me X. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. eh. I mean, Soul, if you want to, you know, message us, let us know what you, like, had any side notes on this. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be contacting us right away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. That's how. So, yeah, next issue is going to be a whole new team, whole new creative, you know, group behind it. So, we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be reading right. it. <laughs> well, jumping ships, we got to go over to Justice League from DC. Number one. The Totality, part one. A brand new era begins here. Comic legend Scott Snyder and Jim Chung launch a the Justice League into a cosmo-shaking mystery that will draw out their most terrible foes in ways our heroes couldn't possibly imagine. In this debut issue, Martian Manhunter struggles to protect the team from an incoming threat. 
that will shatter the world as they know it, while a familiar face strikes out on a dark path. I don't know how I hit, like, I don't know if it's just Snyder working with multiple characters at one time, or what it is. It just feels, it's like almost annoying when he has this many characters to play with for me. That's what how I felt with the the last two like books events that he did with you know no justice and metal. It mm-hmm. just feels like he's trying to do too much almost. Um, that being said, I actually didn't mind this issue. Mm-hmm. There was definitely problems with it, but I liked all the character interactions. Um, I liked seeing the team working together. Um, well, Martian Manhunters. The main thing that I loved about this entire book. Yes. Everything about what he was going through throughout this entire issue kept me... The way he's been writing Martian Manhunter um, in No Justice and in this book Mm -hmm. so far um, is really gotten me to appreciate the character more. You know, I was never a huge fan of Martian Manhunter, Mm -hmm. but I feel like he's really, like, redefining him. Um, So I, I... I'm liking that a lot. You know, I like that he's in this leadership role. Mm. But so we're starting here and they're like fighting these Neanderthals that are coming out of nowhere that, you know, we're very much in the midst of a battle. Yeah, right which now. is fine. I like, you know, just throw I, me in. I enjoy that too. Though that page just drove me nuts because... Okay, I, I, okay we're, we're, what page? <laughs> The first page we see all the Justice League all on one page, and it's literally them doing different, like, act, like they're all doing yeah, something they're different. The... I don't know if it's just I couldn't focus on one thing at one time, but really? I'm trying to read oh, I down enjoy, I enjoyed each the thing. kind of work of that. And I liked the whole banter going back and forth where they're kind of, like, ripping Batman it, the entire time. But I time. would rather have that on, like, a separate page. I don't know. It was really? just, like, it just felt too much on one page for me. Really? I... I did enjoy that just because it was all kind of lighthearted banter mm. going back and forth. You're kind of seeing the characters. Oh, yeah. All you know. of them doing a Batman impression. Yes, that, that was, yes, but... that was great. Um, and I was like, oh, I could really, like, I could get into this team. Um, and like I said, it's it's basically, it. well, it's weird because the roster that they show on the cover is very much like this streamlined roster, who he ends up like having the meeting with, you know, mm. and like their astral plan. I don't know what he's calling it was that roster that you see in the cover. But then when they're doing that battle, there's other members there. So, And I don't know if those are just other heroes that are helping them, if they're technically part of the League also. Um, well, I think it's kind of like how the Avengers have, like, there's the the top brass, the main circle, and then there's everyone else. Yeah, but they're still, like, they're not, like, they never say, oh, they're part of the team. Because even, like, the opening when they're in the Hall of Justice, Mm -hmm. and they're like, we want everyone's, you know, like, so this very feels like the concept of, like, Justice Unlimited, you know, the the cartoon, you know, where it's like, yeah, we've got this main team, but then if there's other missions, you know, that we need people on, you know, we'll call Green Arrow, we'll call, you know, the Atom. Yeah. So it just... It was a little confusing, though, because all the solicitations of showing oh, okay. us this one, like, you know, team. I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second. Are these other people on the team? And they haven't come out and said this is how it's working. 
but it kind of feels that way. I very much feel like that's how this is going to Because then when they, um, when they do, like, figure out the plan and, like, it, it is dire consequences that are happening here in this book, even though their, you know, their banter would tell you otherwise. <laughs> um, you know, Vandal Savage is, like, having these Neanderthals that he's, like, kept, like, secret for years, like, attacking, you know, the Earth and they're, like, destroying the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's multiple attacks happening. Um, and you've got, you know, the Justice League, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And you've got kind of John floating above in space, you know, overseeing everything and keeping everyone connected, which I thought was really cool. It was super Professor X, but awesome, you know. Um, but it, it just feels like, I don't know, like it, it like. The fact that, like, making the choice to destroy the moon, like, they come to that conclusion, like, oh, we've got to destroy well, the moon. Well, they have only, like, three minutes to make these decisions, yes. too, and it's just like... Yes, I was like, it felt like it could have been a bigger, like, I, that could have been the whole book, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, or for, for Christ's sake, the whole arc. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just felt like, and I guess it's them just trying to get, you know, to where they're going. Um, but it did feel like a lot, you know, in that they first, like, to, you know, 10 pages. They need to decide what they're doing with the whole source wall and um, stuff real fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand, like, well, they just like broke this open and everything. Yeah, well, it sounds like that's going to be the gist of the book. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really going to be the mission statement for this book, is that, you know, the, everything that's happening with the multi-verse you know, verse and the fact that they said in this book that, there, it only has one more year left. You know, like this reality basically mm-hmm. has one year left. Um, and they make this like huge decision as a group. John basically steers them in this direction. And then, you know, he's, you know, they take a boat. They're all on board. Um, he, you know, th- was that after he destroys the moon? That was after he destroys the moon, right? When he turns into the A lot's dragon. happening right It's insane, yeah. right? Um so they take this big vote and everything like that. They go ahead and they execute, you know, what they want to do. Um, and then John finds out through, like, premonitions, you know, mm-hmm. oh, Van- Vandal Savage. And this is a huge part of the book, which I actually really enjoy. Vandal Sa- Savage is actually dead. Basically, Lex Luthor and uh, the Legion of Doom has been reformed. Mm-hmm. And Lex Luthor has found the one way to kill Vandal Savage. And he takes him out, um, you know, so like Luthor is back where he should be as a full villain again. And he's put together this Legion of Doom, you know, and it's the original incarnation, the super friends incarnation of the team. So I was I was excited for that. But once he does that, and he kills Vandal Savage. He reaches out to Mar- to Martian Manhunter and he shows him all these visions of what's going to happen and why he was doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And that's when John realizes he made a mistake. And he kind of, like, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with that. Because it's like he convinces himself that, you know, that the premonitions were wrong. Or, like, he was going to, like, I don't know if he was just going to, like, try to, like, you know, black out that memory or whatever. But, you know, to live with that and know and to... Mm. carry on you know that it makes him very interesting and compelling too yes it does it it does so that that i enjoyed that twist that happens because mm. you kind of have this like rah-rah moment for john that he's finally accepting this role as a leader and everything and then 
the first decision, the first big decision he makes, you know, and yeah, they voted as a team, but it was him steering the team in this direction is a huge fuck up, <laughs> you know? So it's going to be interesting to watch what happens and mm-hmm. how he comes to terms or if he reveals this to the rest of the team. So, you know, basically in the premonition, he's alone. He's the last living, you know, being, you know, in the universe um, because of the choice that they made. So um, I enjoy that, you know, Um, but the book, like you said, I feel like there's just too much going on here, Um, you know, but... Scott, like, I mean, Snyder right now, like, with his number ones, like, he hooks me every time, Mm. you know, like, he introduces the story, um, and it gets you excited, and that's kind of what's happened again with this book. I'm just, you know, ready for the letdown after, you know, the last, (laughs) you know, couple months. If they stretch it out, that's fine. I just need, I need more space. I need, give me more of, like, focus on Martian Manhunter the next issue. It feels like a pacing issue. Mm. You know, like he's not letting these moments breathe enough. And he's just... You blew up the moon and then you went straight into everyone's dead on Earth. Yes. Well, he blew up the moon and then he had to make make another huge decision, Mm -hmm. you know, that was, you know, universe altering. And then they go ahead because they redirect that, that comet, you know, or they let that comet hit whatever that, you know, force hit Earth. Mm. And that was the wrong choice. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. So I like that John is going to have to live with those consequences because that's really going to be, it feels like it's going to be a big part uh, of the plot. But did you notice that 10th metal is still out there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I almost texted you when I saw that. So they use 10th metal. So it is still a thing. Mm. And Sander's going to make sure we don't forget it anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> We can just destroy this. It's not a problem. I was like, oh, Tenth Metal's still there and still prominent. So are you going to read issue two? For the podcast. <laughs> well, I, we're, not, like, we're, we're not getting paid by DC to read these <laughs> issues. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where it goes. Do we have any idea how long this arc is supposed to be? I have no idea. No. No, and this is going to be an ongoing series. So I feel like this is really, like I said, going to be the mission statement for this series. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very much like this. But I feel like that it's all leading to a crisis level event again. So, and I was really hoping that we would get to the point where, you know, everything was put back, right? And maybe that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. with it, you know. Um, but the fact that we have to go through another big event, you know, which is just me just kind well, of, you know predicting what's going to happen that it might not but i feel like that's what's going to happen oh, it's here definitely because it's going to be i think the transition from this to whatever um clock was doomsday clock was supposed to be at so they're supposed to hit at the same time you think yes okay well that's not gonna happen especially now. the way well the way that they just said oh we have a year left of our universe mm-hmm. and we know that this is supposed to be a year before um well kind of the events of metal and everything is supposed to be like a year before at the events of Doomsday Clock starting. So then what we're seeing Doomsday Clock, is that the new universe then? I believe so. Huh. Okay. Well, that's a novel concept. <laughs> so, um, 
We'll see. We'll see. I'm a little confused by all this. We'll see how it lines so, up. So, you know. I'm going to give this at least two more issues. If I if I can't stand... Is this monthly? This I'm assuming? Is, I believe so. So, yeah. I'll give it a couple more issues. If, it, if I can't stand it after the third one, then... Yeah, I'll probably give it a little more of a shot just because mm. I'm intrigued by the whole, you know, Martian Manhunter, you know, story now. Um, but I don't know, Dan. Scott's Fool got me once. Me. <laughs> oh, this is three times. I know. This will be the third. Shame on me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure by issue four, I'll be, you know, just done. But, <laughs> you know, he's got me, you know, Hook, line, and sinker, you know, with all his first issues the last, you know, year or so. We'll see. We'll see. What it is, everyone. I'm Jacob Meza, the host of the podcast, So It Is Told. Each week, I read a new folk tale or fairy tale with a local comedian and or world traveler. Like your drunk grandma reading a bedtime story, their suspense. Oh my God, they are cannibals. Magic. <laughs> and all around madness. They're birthing hips. Available on any mainstream podcast directory. <laughs> so Jesus Christ <laughs> so we've had to deal with like weeks of stale wrestling shows yes we're finally here you know they've been treading water for weeks because there's been such a big gap of time in between you know pay-per-views money in the bank is this week Yes. Here in Chicago. Here in Chicago. Are you going? Nope. Nope. <laughs> me, me neither. I heard there's still tickets. <laughs> I'm not surprised. The buildup for this has been a little lackluster. Mm. And I'm a, I'm a fan of this pay-per-view. So uh, the Money in the Bank match is one of my favorite, you know, gimmick matches mm. that they have. But yeah, the buildup has just been brutal, really. So, um, my God, hire new writers, Vince. Please. <laughs> You're killing me here. Um, but let's run down the card. Yes. Um, you know, we'll give our predictions. We never remember what we predict, so let's do a better job this time. I just remember that I'm usually right. No, I know? believe last pay-per-view you were horribly wrong most of the time. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway. How about this? I'll mark it on my thing. Okay, go for it. Say. Go for it. Uh, first off, we have Daniel Bryan versus... None other, the infamous, the greatest, Big Cass. The greatest? <laughs> you were a little too calm while I was Martin saying that. I was like, oh. <laughs> Um, All right. So this is another case of the buildup for this has been pretty brutal. Um, you know, I like what Daniel Bryan's been doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I like, like I said before, I like the different aspects, you know, of the character that we're seeing and this, this vicious side of Daniel Bryan. Um, but man, any segment with Big Cass in it is just, I don't know, man. It's just too much. I can't handle it. Know. You know, it's, he's so They're not obnoxious. giving him anything good. He's not handling what they're giving him. So it's just. No, I, you know, and I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if it's just, he's so green and his delivery, but it's just not working. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the wrong kind of heat you know, that he's getting right now where people just don't care. It's that like just indifference to the character in general, um, which is. Too bad because I felt like he had a lot of momentum, you know, before he got hurt. So they just need to go back to the drawing board with his character in general. Um, I don't see any way 
Daniel Bryan doesn't go over here. I mean, I hope to God, because I do not, I want this angle to be over. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you feel like this is where this ends? Storyline-wise, I feel like, no. I feel like they want to continue this. Like, it, it would just make sense, because this whole angle's pretty much is burying the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like they want to wash their hands of this right now. I feel like they know this isn't working. I mean, we saw a segment tonight on SmackDown where he brought like a carny ride sign yeah. you know you know you have to be this height to ride the you know this ride and they made some bs about him being too short to ride yeah it. dan o'brien was too short even to though ride he's it. too tall for it yes yes even though yeah because <laughs> it only goes up so yes so um it, just bad writing just felt like a very like 80s heel thing to do um I don't know, man. They're not. It feels like they're not even trying with this. They just need someone for D- Daniel Bryan to go over. And this will be their second pay per view match, correct? Yes, technically. Yeah, because it was great. I think it was the greatest Royal Rumble where they. No, because Bryan was in the Royal Rumble. Oh, that's right. That's right. So it was was it backlash? It was backlash? It was backlash then. So, my God, yeah, we've dealt with this for way too long. I mean, this is like what two months in then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hope this is the blow-off match. I really do. So, I've got Daniel Bryan going over. If they were to continue, I would see Big Cass winning. Then. I do, Or something happens where, you know, yeah, I feel like he would win, and then Daniel Bryan, you know, it'd be some kind of, you know, I don't know, shenanigans, if you will. <laughs> but... I mean, if you want legitimate heat on Cass, you have him go over. No, absolutely. I said logically, storyline-wise... I feel like Big Cass has to go over, but I just, I don't, see, I think they see what we see on this. Because I don't feel like they're trying anymore with this. And he, Daniel Bryan just eats him alive every time they're in the ring together. Mm. So. I don't know. I, I think they're going to pull some BS. I'm going to give it to Cass. Okay. I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm I wrong can see, too. I can see where, logically, that would make sense. <laughs> Wrestling logic wise, that would make sense. But I don't know. I feel like they see what we see right now. And they just want to wash their hands of this and move on. Um, but, all right. All right. So, I've got Brian. You got Cass. So, next, Bobby Lashley uh, versus Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. This has been grueling, too. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just complained about Big Cass and Brian's like whole story arc. This is probably wow. worse. <laughs> yes. Um, Bobby Lashley has been like a deer in headlights in all these segments. Mm-hmm. This buildup has just been awful. Um, I feel bad for Sami Zayn because he's much more talented than this. Um, but he's only got so much to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, the segments have been just horrible. The buildup has been horrible. It's been awkward at best. That's being kind, I feel like. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's say you're Bobby Lashley. You show up to work. Uh, to Raw, and they give you this script, how would you react? And you know, it's sad because Lashley, I've actually, I was enjoying Lashley as a heel over in TNA. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to make him this like white meat, like Boy Scout kind of like baby face. And it's just not working. It comes off so hokey and mm-hmm. cheesy. And once again, it's very like 80s, like. Like, it's, like, time displaced. It feels like from a different time. It's like, okay, why are we giving this, like, guy who's a monster this character? Um, It's just, it's not working. And they're asking him to do too much almost, I feel like. 
you know, this isn't his wheelhouse at all, you know, to sell this kind of character. They just need to keep him quiet, put him with someone as a mouthpiece, and just let him destroy people. Um, I don't, I, and then poor Sammy. <laughs> poor Sammy. Um, I don't see any way that Bobby Lashley doesn't just destroy Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping, once again, this is a case of me, wrestling logic-wise, I feel like, Sammy will pull a fast one and win this match to continue this because I feel like this is the first match that they're having. But I feel like they're seeing, once again, what we're seeing. (laughs) And they're going to want to just wash their hands of this and let Lashley go over. Especially since this is like one of his first big one-on-one matches. So I've got Lashley going over here. I'm going to give it to Lashley as well. I I hope that this is just a one-and-done you know, he just kind of comes, tacks Sammy Jane, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I I agree, too. I agree, too. And that's unfortunate for Sammy, because I feel like if this was going well, he would, you know, get well, this match to carry on the feud more. I I'm mean, hoping... I guess he could technically, you know, attack him after the fact and, you know, carry this on. I hope not. No, just put him in a different program. <laughs> Something that will build up between this next pay per view and SummerSlam. That's, oh, that's, that's what I'm because it really with. felt like they were gonna go with like Lashley was kind of hanging out with Strowman and like yeah. it felt like they're almost like I was predicting they was gonna turn heel then. Um, but man, I was wrong. So I don't know. Yeah, I really hope they just move on and wash their hands of this once again. Another horrible program, you know, horrible angle being worked by WWE. So. Um, and I really hope both these matches don't actually open the card. <laughs> well, oh, uh, God. you know, the third match. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Roman oh. Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Um, Christian, <laughs> you lead on this one. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of getting Roman over, I guess. Crowds have been kind of behind him. Have they? I don't think There's so. Been some I mean, they hate Jinder, so but they still hate no, Roman. It seems like both these guys going into Chicago, they're going to get booed out. Oh the door. my god! I yes. can't imagine what this is going to be. Um, does this do anything for either characters going forward? No, I think the one they wanted Roman to be on the card, but they knew after last pay per view that he couldn't be. You In know, the, the focus. Type. Yes, he couldn't be the focus of this card. It's all a conspiracy, Damon. Oh, God, that's just horrible. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, he got his ass handed to him (laughs) in WrestleMania. So, like, he's saying that he should be the... I'm the rightful... No, you got your ass handed to you. You shouldn't even have that rematch at the Greatest Royal Rumble. That didn't even make any sense. So, whatever. Roman Reigns. I'm not buying any of this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just done. But Roman wins, correct? Oh, yes. Like, this is another... I feel like this is another one and done. I don't feel like this is going to be a bigger program um, at all. Like, I feel like they just needed something for Roman to do, and they're going to feed him gender. So, and hopefully he gets some of his luster back by beating, you know, a heel like gender. I feel like that's just... Well, he's going to need something to do for next pay-per-view as well, though. Yeah, unless they set up something where it's the number one contendership for uh, SummerSlam. So you think it's going to be like him versus Rollins or something? Or another, you know, God, they know. They love their multi-man-like matches mm. where it'll be like, you know, a six-pack challenge or something, you know, ridiculous. Like Even that. is the next, do we know? God, I don't even know. 
At this point, I don't care, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Just get me to SummerSlam. Just get that fucking belt off Lesnar. He beat Punk's streak now. It's over, right? Is, it Is that really what they want? I feel like that's what they wanted. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong, but... Start Roman Reigns' streak. <sighs> All right. So, next match. <laughs> <laughs> Depressing you now, huh? Oh, God. I've been depressed. <laughs> I sat through Raw this week. Um, Seth Rollins coming in as the IC champ against Elias. Um, I mean, they've had a good program so far. I can't complain about that. I've enjoyed um, the program. I don't know. I don't know if this is a foregone conclusion. I mean, I don't see them taking the belt off of Rollins right now. You know, no. I don't think so either. I feel like this is going to be an ongoing program, though. So I feel like Elias might actually win. Um, it might be by D. It might be by DQ. There mm. might be some kind of like swerve happening here. I don't know if they're going to take the belt off Rollins, but I feel like there's a lot being invested in Elias right now. So I don't feel like this is a one and done. You know, I feel like we're going to see a program out of these two. Well, there's still so there's got to be something that happens. You know, to continue this. You there's know? rumors that they might want to send Rollins versus Lesnar at um, SummerSlam. At SummerSlam, yes, which would mean that Elias would have to win this pay per view and the next pay per view to hold the title. Yeah, I don't. They could also finish that up on Raw though. If that's true, yes, I don't. I don't for. I feel like. They're thinking bigger picture for Rollins. That's how I feel. I could be wrong. Um, I I hope actually that they are thinking bigger picture for Rollins. Like I love like once again I've said this I think the last two podcasts. I want to see Rollins in the main event of WrestleMania. I feel like he deserves it right now, mm. and I feel like the way they've been pushing him is kind of leading us that way. So, um, but I don't know. They're really behind Elias. What he's doing is working. Um, he's a master on the mic. I just need to see more from him in the ring. And I feel like Rollins could really, you know, bring that out in him. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're working a program together. So, um, I'm going to say... That being said, I'm going to say Rollins wins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there's going to be a reason to continue this. You know, I do feel like this is a longer program that we're looking at. Well, I'm going to throw it over to Elias. You know, be a wild card. Do you have him winning the championship? Yes. Okay. I like it. You know, I mean, like I said, he's the modern day Honky Tonk Man, so will he be the greatest IC champion of all Just time? Just the, like uh, the Honky Tonk Man? I don't know. <laughs> the ref gets distracted a little bit. <coughs> hits the guitar over Seth Rollins' head. He needs to start using the guitar more. You know, mm-hmm. he's starting to use it now. I want to see that. You know, I'm going to see the Honky Tonk Man and the... The Jeff Jarrett, you know, guitar use, you know, to win the match. So I can deal with it. You know, the, smacked and the, out of his and the rough just being though. oblivious to all the guitar <laughs> shrapnel in the ring. You know. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I could I could definitely see a world where Elias goes over and then Rollins, you know, continues that feud chasing after the belts. But I don't know. I feel like he's the people's champ right now. They're pushing that mm-hmm. angle. So um, but yeah. All right, well, next we have, a sh- I think a match that's going to probably just end up on the pre-show. Probably. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson of the club. Bludgeon Brothers. I feel like they really haven't even invested anything in this angle at all. Have, have we even seen them on t- television? Yeah, they have, but they had a one-on-one match. Um, 
you know, uh, Have they Anderson. been doing that kind of like swapping one-on-ones? Not even that but much, though. Not. It's like a one. In, so Carl Anderson went over on uh, Luke Harper. Um, you know, just a quick little roll-up and everything. So he didn't look too weak or anything like that. Um, so I, I don't see the Bludgeon Brothers losing here. So we know how the WWE feels about the club at this point. <laughs> you know, so I feel like they're just being used to be like fed to the yeah. Bludgeon Brothers. But I want more for them, you know? Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying it's right, but I just don't see this being the more, you know, and I don't see this being a long-term program. So, but yeah, no. So I've got I've got the Bludgeon Brothers going. Where are you predicting, sir? Yeah, same. Okay. All right, we got the SmackDown Women's Championship. Carmella versus Asuka. Um, Carmella wins clean. God, I hope not. <laughs> I've got Carmella winning, but I don't have her winning clean. Just imagine, like, if she beats Charlotte. Chaos. And then, like, Asuka, back-to-back pay-per-views, cleanly. Yeah. She'd be the best woman in wrestling. Oh, They'd God. have to put her at number one. She's been... I, I've enjoyed her on the mic, though. I will say that. I just don't enjoy her in the ring. Mm-hmm. So she's very much a throwback to, like, the early 2000 Divas for me. You yeah. know, at least, you know, work-wise. Um, so I'm, I definitely feel like Carmella's going over here. Um, just because I see the time that they're investing in the character. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she's long for that belt either. No. So. Um, I mean, if she were to pick up her moves a bit more, like get a better repertoire, maybe I could see them getting a little bit more behind them. Yeah, behind her arsenal's her. weak. Her arsenal's <laughs> real weak. I could see her getting into a situation where they got behind her kind of the way that they got behind Alexa Bliss. But at the same time. I don't think she's as good as Alexa Bliss. Oh, she's Bliss. not. I'm, but I'm, I'm saying. On the mic, I'm saying even though. I, I think she could get there. Yeah, maybe. Bliss is just such a natural heel. Um, Carmella does well, but yeah, they they're just they love mm. Bliss. So, um, yeah, I I just not with Asuka and like Charlotte though. Mm. <laughs> you know that division. You know, unless somehow they get into a feud against each other and they cancel each other out, I just I don't see a long reign happening. It's just it's it's so crazy how she won against Charlotte that I can't. Like, I just can't get over it. And that's why I keep mentioning it. And I think they want you to feel that, like, that's a fluke and everything. And, but I could see, like, maybe another little fluke happening here where Asuka somehow gets her, gets caught. Um, so maybe she does go for clean. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be so mad. (laughs) I I would, you know, the only way I would see her actually holding on to that belt longer is she ends up, like, with the iconic more regularly like that becomes like a faction mm-hmm. you know where they're protecting her and everything you know then I could see her having a longer title reign where it makes sense mm-hmm. so um, but yeah that's the only way I don't know I really don't know <laughs> uh, so next we've got the Raw Women's Championship oh, we both think Carmella's well yes, just, yes. Just, so, just so the audience <laughs> can keep track here uh, so we got the Raw Women's Championship, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. If I didn't know what was happening in the last match, this one, I really have no idea what kind of way they're going to go. I think you're just going to get interference from, uh, Natalia or 
maybe Stephanie. I feel like I don't feel like Rousey's gonna win this match. Um, I feel like someone's gonna cost her mm. for. Her. Um, I mean, this is her first one-on-one match, uh, which is ridiculous. Why? With all these weeks that they've had to build this up, why not have her have a match they want you to, each and they every want single you to week? Subscribe to the network to see it. She's had. I mean, she's been wrestling in house. It's nine ninety nine. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but they they do. <laughs> so that's why they want to get new subscribers, and that's what they're hoping for. So it's her first match. They can build it that way. So I get that, but for it to be a championship match, and I feel like. It's just too soon to put that belt on her. Mm-hmm. I don't foresee that happening. Um, I wouldn't put it past them, though. No, I would um, absolutely. But if she that. does win the belt, I feel like whoever won the money in the bank is cashing in right away. You know? Um, but then you and still I feel like you'll know that, too. Mm-hmm. If the women's money in the bank ends up opening the show, I feel like the cash-in's happening that night. You know, that's my prediction. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... Otherwise, I feel like there's going to be something that happens where, you know, Rousey just, like, you know, mm-hmm. loses the match because of interference. They're definitely teasing, like, you know, a feud between, you know, Natalia and her. So but They've just been so lazy with this, especially since it's supposed to be one of their, like, more premier matches on this card. Oh, yes, I agree 100%. But they've been lazy with everything, yeah. you know, this past, like, month. So, you know... Why change here, right? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. whole armbar thing, which is just ridiculous because she tapped out to armbar just a couple months ago. So um, I don't get it, but whatever. So, I mean, it's just really insulting to like fans who actually watch every week. I'm going to give it to Rhonda just just because I, I, have, I have this weird feeling that she's going to win. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be complete, like a big, huge surprise moment. Um, I could totally see the whole money in the bank situation happening, though. Do you could really? Do you yeah. think? Do you think uh, if that happens, if she wins, well, we'll know too, right? I mean, if the match happens beforehand, if Natalia, I feel like Natalia has to be the winner of that then. Of the money in the bank. Yeah, if that because I feel like that's the feud right there, and they <sighs> yeah. want to put her in the program. You want to see me like just. I'm telling you, the cat ladies win because they want her to work a program with her because, Mm. you know, she's a seasoned vet. She can really help Rhonda out and get her where she needs to be, you know, so she'll be underneath her learning tree. Mm. So I can, I'm telling you right now, if she wins that match, Natalia is definitely winning the money in the bank, you know, so there's no way that they don't work a program together in the next couple months. It's just gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who do you think is going to win I've got mm, I'm going to I'm going to actually say Rhonda does okay just because of that logic of Natalia coming in I mean poor Naya though <laughs> yeah well I mean they, they just don't know what to do with that character it really Ooh. seemed like she's going to be this like on this anti-bullying crusade and everything <laughs> After WrestleMania, and they're like, well, no, we need you to turn heel again. I mean, it doesn't work for her. I feel like... Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, that whole character, yeah, her as a face does definitely does not work at all. So, but they need to, one, have her stop talking. Two, have her stop smiling. 
Three, have her destroying people. Uh, the manager system is dead in WWE, though. They're not going to, like, put... Well, that leaked that out that there was actually an edict a while back where there was no, they did not allow male managers. It was just female, like, managers were okay, but for some reason they did not want any kind of male managers. So, like, Heyman's the exception to the rule. Mm. Um, but how cool would it be to see her with, like, a male manager, like, leading her out and everything like that, and she's just a monster and destroying people. Because really that's what she should be. Like, she doesn't have the moveset. Mm-hmm. She just... She just, just the, she should just be destroying people, <laughs> you know, to get her over. But they do this 50-50 booking, really, with her, and it just... It's really to the detriment of her character, mm-hmm. you know, and she becomes less believable. You know, I mean, she's in the ring with people who are like literally less than half her size. So there's no reason for some of these no. matches even lasting, you know, that long. You know, so, you know, especially like her against Bliss. And I mean, that was pretty much a squash match, but, you know, it still lasted way too long. Bliss shouldn't be able to get any kind of offense whatsoever on her. So, but, I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> Who knows? Alright. Uh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I think Styles is going to win. I think double count out. You think they're going to prolong it again and do another double count out? They just, did a, they just did a double count out. That's why we're getting this match. Exactly. No. Oh God, no! I think people will go. <laughs> I see. I don't see this ending here. I hope not. But I, the only reason it will continue on is if Nakamura wins, and that's what I hope happens. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't think they think Nakamura is ready for the belt, and I feel like it's unfortunate. I feel like they're wrong. Yeah. Oh, completely. Because I would love to see. Styles chasing Nakamura for that belt into SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And like this feud just kind of ending at SummerSlam. Um, I feel like that's the place for this to end. And then they can finally like just steal the show completely. Give me like a classic one-on-one match. Um, but like I said, I just, the way they've been kind of booking and everything like that, and just the vibes I'm getting, I just feel like they don't see Nakamura in that light right now. I feel like they want Styles to carry that you know title longer um and i feel like you know i i do feel like whoever wins the money in the bank is going to be on the smackdown side mm-hmm. you know and i feel like that's going to be like styles next opponent maybe he loses to that person gotcha so he's had the belt for a while now so i feel like they are ready to take it off of him but i don't think it's going to be to nakamura unfortunately and god i hope i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm gonna give it a knock. I want to see that happen. So mm-hmm. That's why I'm just gonna. I know. I know. <laughs> gonna pray and hope. Oh, I hope you're right. But you want AJ Styles, right? I'm saying AJ Styles. Yes, I'm saying AJ Styles. All right, women's money in the bank match featuring Ember Moon, Charlotte Flair, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Natalia, Lana, Sasha Banks. Excited? No. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a good match. Yeah. Um, everyone in this match can go except for Lana. <laughs> so, um Yeah, I God. feel like Lana's gonna like climb the ladder or something and scream when she gets to the top, like like she can't handle that she's up there. Kind of that kind of situation. <laughs> That'd be horrible. Oh god. I hope not. 
Because um, can you imagine her flying off the like taking a ladder spot? You know, like I feel if like she's she, climbing that thing. She's winning it. I agree. She's not going to take a, a ladder bump. No, but yeah, no, I I don't see her. If it, I just is she even safe enough to catch people? <laughs> Right now? I think she's going to be taken out somehow, and, you know, we'll forget she's even in the match. She'll somehow make a save, and yeah. No. It's not going to be pretty, but she's in there with enough talent where they can cover Rana her. Rana is not number one in this type of matches. <laughs> Watch, she's like Rey Mysterio. She's flying around. <laughs> I would love that. Uh-huh. I would love to see her. I would love that, too, but that's not happening. Yeah. Um... God, for me, it's it's got to be Natalia. I know you don't want to hear that, <laughs> um, but I after SmackDown, um, and the, the the promo that they opened up the show with, I felt like they were kind of putting the spotlight on Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Her promo was really good. Um, you know, it's just very like matter of factly. She wasn't doing that classic wrestling promo. Um, it was heartfelt. It was genuine. You believed it. So I, I could kind of see a world where Becky Lynch wins this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I you know. And that just might be once again wishful thinking on my part. But I really feel like it's going to be Natalia. Yeah, I mean Natalia to push forward that storyline between her and um, Ronda makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, talent wise, I want Ember to win. You? Yeah, I feel like she'd be a great person to be like secretly chasing the title. Like, oh, I'm gonna come out and get it at any time, you know. I see that. I think Alexa would be great with that. Well, that yeah. Well, Alexa would be perfect. She just doesn't that. need it. She doesn't need you it. You know, um, but she would be fantastic mm. with that briefcase walking out with it. You know, she knows she would work it. But I feel like it. It is, and we've seen it before where it goes to like an up and coming talent. You know, mm. to kind of put them over. Um, you know, Ember Moon would definitely... Jack Swagger. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> or Mr. Kennedy. Um, so I could definitely see Ember Moon going over with it. Um, but well, she that needs we... a little spotlight on her right now. Mm. She's kind of getting buried. Well, she's still her. killing it in her matches. She she's is, just... but they just, they're not, she's not the focal point mm-hmm. or anything. So I feel like she needs a, a, a big program to be working right now. Um, so was, I don't know. I, 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 mean, I we still s- feel like it's going to be Natalia, though. Are we eliminating Charlotte and Naomi? Charlotte just doesn't need it. No. She just doesn't need it. Uh, I, and I, yeah, Naomi I think they love it. having Alexa Bliss have something. And I definitely, when we mentioned her having um, the money in the bank, it, it almost seems like too fitting. For her character. I just feel like she needs something right now. She doesn't really have an angle going on right now. So, because the focal point's been with Maya Mm -hmm. and Rhonda. And I feel like having Alexa kind of looming, you know, over them would be pretty cool. I don't know. What's good about this match is I could see it going so many different ways. You know, and and we'll get to the males match. But I kind of feel that way with Mm -hmm. the men's match too. um, The men's match. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I still, you know, have this sick feeling in my gut that says Natalia's winning this match. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right now, I think it's between Alexa and Natalia, for sure. Yeah. I don't see Sasha winning right now. I feel like they're not hot on her at all. Um, 
don't get it. She she must have pissed someone off. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then Bailey's not even in the match, which is nuts, right? Nuts. Oh, do you think Bailey gets involved? Uh, I think she the... costs Sasha. That yes. would be amazing. I think she costs Sasha because they kind of they her. had a tag match last week, and she kind of like she ran in and like won the match for them, but she wasn't actually participating in the match, so she ended up costing the match for them in the long run. It got thrown out. So I feel like that something like that's gonna happen again. Hmm. So and then we'll finally get a decent program between her and Sasha. You know, which I'm fine with. It's four months too late, but you know, it could be a. This is totally crazy booking idea. Bailey takes the. She's not in the match. She takes the briefcase off the thing. She climbs up, gets the briefcase, and then hands it to Sasha. Um, is that what happened? Pretends last to hand it to Sasha, but then just like hits her with it, and then drops it, and then Natalia walks into the ring and, and picks it up. up. Oh, that'd be cool. I like that. Book it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but that'd be all. pretty badass. No, but that's so close to what happened with Ellsworth last year. I, I don't think they want that, you know, once again. So, um, at least it's not a man doing it this time, though. Um, But that would be a cool moment. That's not to say that Ellsworth wouldn't show up this year. And that's anyway. rumored. Yep. That's been rumored. <laughs> so, um, God, I hope not, though. <laughs> All right, so the men's money in the bank match. We got Balor, Strowman, The Miz, Rusev, one of the members from New Day, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe. Where do we go? Who who do you think is the member of the New Day? Let's get that out of the way. I think it's going to be Xavier. I think it's his time to shine. You know, I I think they're kind of getting behind him. I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy, I mean... He's been the focal point of a lot more matches lately. Um, he's not just kind of like the third member, you know, where he's almost like a glorified, you know, manager at times. Um, he can work, so I don't understand why they were treating him that way. But whatever, I, I'm sure it's just a size thing with McMahon. Because, um, I mean, the guy can work and he can talk. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I mean, you, to me, that's money. But, you know, whatever. So... <laughs> I feel like this is his time. I mean, he's not winning the thing, but no. he'll. I feel like he'll get the, the the call, you know, to be part of the match. I'm still going with Kofi. Yeah, I hope not. I've just seen Kofi in so many of these matches. Um, where do you think they're going here? This is definitely a match where I feel like anyone. There's yeah. so many different possibilities. Like they're gonna have to deal with Braun. They're gonna have to make Braun look as strong as possible, as usual. Yeah, or they're all gonna be having to deal with him. I like the angle they shot where it was like basically everyone trying to stop Braun, like you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I don't see any reason for Braun to win this. Mm-hmm. There's no, I mean, he's so easily you could slide him into a main event, you know, a title match with no issue. He doesn't need this, you know. It'd be ridiculous for him to have that. It'd just to be overkill, really. Um, so, um, part of me wants to say the Miz. I just feel like they're behind him now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he will have the next major run, you know, with the title on SmackDown. Um, I feel like this is his year, so um, on SmackDown. So I, I could definitely see the Miz, you know, getting the Money in the Bank. 
Um, and he deserves it, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I could also see Valor, though. You know, and him having it and him kind of being like the underdog, you know, choice. I see them doing almost even like a long con with him, having it, holding it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere. And that's kind of just like that pop moment that they would have. Wouldn't it be awesome if like Lesnar destroys Reigns at like SummerSlam and then Balor comes in and like beats Lesnar <laughs> for it? It'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be great, right? It's not going to happen, but. <laughs> <laughs> would be amazing. I would love to see Owens with it, though. Owens in that briefcase. Just the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Because just him, you know, working, teasing like he's going to come and cash it in. And, you know, just, I mean, and he's just been the MVP of Raw. Like, the last, like, last couple weeks. He's been carrying that show and making just, it at least bearable. I know. I, I love him, but I don't see them giving it to him. Yeah, I you know maybe it's part of the reasons because he's he was such a focal point of the show this past Monday, mm-hmm. and he was pretty much in multiple segments and really just carrying the show on his back. I mean, he saved that opening segment. That opening segment was just horrible. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I just I mean, does Joe need this this uh, briefcase? He doesn't need it, but he's another one of those characters that would be fun with it. Yeah, yeah. He's just such a monster, though, the way they're booking him. You know, like he's like almost like a, a smaller version of Strowman. You know, people, he's just scary. You know, um, I just, he's just someone, yeah, like you said, he doesn't need it. It'd be fun to see him with Ooh. it, but for different reasons where Owens would be, you know, comical. But like Samoa Joe would just be getting in people's heads. There'd just be mind games being played. Exactly. Um, do we know, I'm assuming. They'd probably do it this way either way, but um, do we know if the briefcase is able to switch shows? I think they've teased that in the past, you know, where you can cash in. I mean, they do that with, you know, the winner of the, the Rumble, you know, when mm-hmm. they want to. So, I mean, it could be a possibility. I, why? Do you feel like that could be a possibility here? No, I, I assume they're going to stick to whatever show they're on, but I just thought that would be interesting. You know, you have Joe just looming on both shows, like, that would be cool Mm -hmm. I just don't want to see like besides I mean I already hate the fact that they're you know now co-branded pay-per-views I just don't want to see you know Mm. you know members of Smackdown on Raw and vice versa because that's what ended up happening last time we had a brand split and it just became like nonsense and there was like no point to it whatsoever it's gonna happen again oh absolutely absolutely once ratings come like once it's ratings week sweeps week Forget it. They're going to have, they're going to do, they start calling super shows, you know, mm. and they start having everyone on Raw and, you know, and then especially with SmackDown. That. They would have like the Raw sign and then it'd be like a SmackDown uh-huh. little thing that says super show. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And that, it, it was like, there's like four of them a year, five of them a year, you know, so I, it will eventually happen. Um, especially with SmackDown now, going to get more of a, you know a push because they're going to Fox and everything and you know going to be on Friday nights and they paid a whole lot of money for that so they're going to be more invested into Smackdown so um so alright you got to make your call who do you got I want to give it to Ballard but I'm going to give it to The Miz I'm going Miz too I'm going Miz but yeah I probably Ballard or Owens is probably who I really want to have it Alright, I think that's going to do it for Money in the Bank. 
Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to some awesome wrestling. Yes, because we just got New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion. That's right. That's right. Um, what a card. What a fucking card. Right. Um, <laughs> really made Raw hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> They're just killing Ooh. it. They're just killing it. Like, this wasn't even, like, their biggest event. And No. God damn. Um, all right. Opening match. Suzuki. Was this opening match? Yeah. Versus, um. Oh, you know what? I didn't even realize that Suzuki, that, uh. That they're members of Suzuki. El Desperado and, uh, Kamanru? Is that how you say his name? Uh, Katamaru. Katamaru. Uh, Maru. Maru. There we go. Whatever. I'll go with what you said. Yeah. (laughs) They said it on the broadcast and that's where I. I got it from, so it's uh-huh. like, okay. Although, I, sometimes I feel like they don't know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there are two members that I don't remember ever seeing, even in the big group matches. Well, that's what we are saying in the preview. I was like, who the hell are these guys? So, but it makes sense. Everyone's part of a faction, so. Yes. So, bear with us, people. So, um, well, Punky 3K is part of Chaos now, right? Yes. So, yeah. Which I don't even remember that happening. I wasn't, uh, unless they always were part of Chaos. Chaos, it feels like. It's, it's chaos. Everyone is part of chaos. <laughs> um, this was a fun match. Um, it was nothing like special, mm. but it was a good opener. So, um, but yeah, you you had uh, the champs retaining here. So, which I was surprised by. I really mm. thought it was going to be, you know, it's the the way that they've been like doing commentary about it and everything. It shows that they kind of maybe they might do a split with him with Rocky Romero. That's what I was getting to. So, um, especially at the end, mm-hmm. right? And the, you could see the frustration on uh, Rapungi 3K's face yeah. for losing and everything. And then Rocky kind of like, you know, you know, holding them up and taking them off the back. And I just like, I honestly was like, are they going to turn on him here? <laughs> um, it's just, it's cringeworthy when he comes out with them. I don't know if that's supposed to be part of it, but like, I don't know, this 40 year old guy rapping, mm-hmm. and, you know, as their hype man, basically. Um, you know, he's a great in-ring worker, and I, I guess he's semi-retired now. I know he's working in an office. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see that lasting. Mm. Just kind of the vibe I got from that. So Not that I, I want them to lose their awesome intro. <laughs> I'd be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> he had like a, I don't know, a really lame, like, what was this, a smoke gun or something? I don't know what he was doing. It was just, it felt Bush League when he came yeah. out with that. So it just, I don't know. I don't know. It was cringeworthy, definitely. <laughs> so I, I hope they lose him. So, but anyway, yeah. Um, so this is, I feel like this is going to continue though right now, this feud, it seems like. Um, but I guess they wrestled a few one-on-one matches too. Um, oh, probably in, during in that, yeah. Rhodes or something like that? No, I think it was during part of the uh, Super Junior. Oh, okay. Tournament. So um, and I guess they were really good matches. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I feel like this isn't over yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but maybe it does end with that like turn on Romero. All right, next match, David Finley and Juice Robinson uh, versus Switchblade and Yoshihashi. Eh. Yeah, it was, I mean, this is eh for New Japan. Let's, yes. Let's put it at that. This would be a great match on any <laughs> like, WWE exactly. card right now. But, um, yeah, I think this is probably like the, the lowest excitement I had for any of the matches on the card. 
Um, I was surprised with Juice going over Jay White, mm-hmm. you know, in this match. Um, well, it looks like they're going for um, Jay White versus Juice Robinson. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little too easy, you know, with, it seemed like they're giving him such a big push and everything. And it was very, have, it was short. Yes, right? Um, it was a good match, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, unless they're just getting that behind Juice Robinson now. Um... I, I don't know. I, I really... I really don't like um, Juice Robinson's finisher. Or I, at least I didn't like the way Switchblade sold it. Like, it looked like he didn't even... His head didn't like even make contact with the mat and, in any single way. And I don't know if it's just the way that they... The camera was, and, that's, and they should have just showed it more from Juice Robinson's side. I also felt like, too, um, it should have been a bigger deal that Juice Robinson... And Jay oh White. yeah, like I didn't feel like they made it a big enough deal that that happened. I so, mean, they stared at each other a little bit. You mean you're talking about at the end? Yeah, yeah, but I felt like the announcers didn't put it over well no. enough. So I just I don't know. I felt like that should have been a bigger moment, and maybe the you know I don't know the luster's kind of off of you know Jay White right now, and that you know they're not you know mm. as invested in it because it really felt like they're about to push him to the moon. Um, but yeah. Well, I could easily see them taking the title off of him, putting it on um, Juice Robinson. That totally, yeah. like the U.S. title, totally seems like it's built for characters like Juice Robinson right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I could see that. It and just that felt crazy. like they wanted Jay White to have something. Mm-hmm. You know, but I could definitely see Juice Robinson walking away. You don't see them putting Switchblade going up against um, Kenny. Not the way they booked this match. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, right? I don't know. It looked like I said, it, the finish came really quickly, you know, and it just, you know, for like as much of a push as he was getting, mm. it just, I don't know. Oh, I also want to mention this was the most face I've ever seen Finley act. He was very like positive, up, like just mm-hmm. like smiling the entire time. He seemed way more yeah, like. Yeah, I don't trust help. it. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, like, I predicted that he was going to turn on Juice. Mm. So maybe he comes out and it costs Juice the match. Yo, maybe he's jealous and they have, they have a little feud going on. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Whenever someone all of a sudden, like, starts out, he's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been watching wrestling for a long time. <laughs> um, But yeah, yeah. This is, once again, this was okay. Mm. You know, but. We're getting there, right? Yes. <laughs> it's only going uphill from here. Mm. Well, next we had Suzuki Gun versus Chaos. Uh, well, that would be Suzuki himself with Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, going up against uh, Tamaru Ishii and uh, Yano. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, Ishii went straight after Suzuki. Yes. And During I just the wanted the other guys to leave. <laughs> like, I just wanted those two. Mm. I think that's where this is leading, obviously, because those guys could not, like, stay away from each other, and they're just brutal beating on mm. each other. Um, it definitely feels like this is just leading into, like, a blood feud between those two, mm. and I'm, I'm ready for it. So. Oh, those two characters are made for each other. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's basically a rock and a hard place. Yes, yes. So... <laughs> They're just gonna be standing there punching each other in the face all match. So I mean, it was it was a, it was a fun match. It really was. Um, I mean, even the after match brawl that comes between um, Ishii and um, Suzuki, 
like Suzuki's no selling everything Ishii's throwing at him. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, tension is real there. I just, uh, just <laughs> two badasses going in. Mm. So I I don't know I don't know and I feel like that's all this was just oh, a vehicle yeah. to just set up that angle. <laughs> so and they had I don't know exactly what the heat was you know beforehand between the two but they definitely were just right at each other from the you mm. know from the get go so um, yeah yeah but fun match. Uh, next we had Michael Elgin going up against champion Goto and Tachi for the never open weight championship. Now, this was like a story that's been in the works for a long time. Mm-hmm. Where Michael Elgin's been going after this title again and again and again and again, and he finally wins it. He looked like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, he, from like the, this last, I feel like he's lost like 20 yes, he, pounds. He's normal right? Mike now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Not wow. big Mike. He, I mean, well, he's still big. Oh, but, yes, I mean, but... but he's shredded now. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is okay. Like, I enjoyed it, um, but, like, it felt like a kind of a placeholder mm-hmm. to me, you know? I was happy for Elgin, you know, to get the belts, but... Man. I liked how much heat Tachi was getting. Um, I liked the respect shown between Goto and Michael Elgin throughout the match and after the match. I'm not... I just wish Tachi wasn't even in the match, It. Know? I mean, yeah. He's just so annoying to me. I He's like, like that Tekken character that you don't pick, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That yes. you hate having to be, you uh-huh. know. Um, <laughs> so I just, I don't understand his gimmick at all. <laughs> yes, he definitely felt a little out of place in this match. Yeah. Uh, and you definitely know that Goto and um, Elgin could have gone. Yeah, I, I would have, I would have been much happier with a one-on-one match, mm-hmm. you know, so. But I was happy, once again, I was happy that Elgin won. Next we have Young Bucks going up against LIJ, Evil, and Sonata. Uh, Young Bucks finally win the titles. Yes, that was uh, an awesome moment. Yes, um, huge moment. I really enjoyed this match. Um, I loved that it was Nick selling mm-hmm. this time. Um, you know, we for months we've seen Matt, you know, selling his back, yes. and now Nick got to sell. You know, finally, like Thank you God. know, um, and Matt got to kind of carry the team for a little bit. Um, just a good match, solid all around. I mean, it had me on the edge of my seat because I was really, you know, mm. hoping that the Young Bucks would, you know, get the title here. Um, and there were moments where I really thought Evil and Sonata might hold on to the title. Like, they really sold me on that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was, like, so much more invested. It was in a this. really well put together match. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just spot after spot after spot. You know, there was definitely some good psychology going on where it made you feel like. Oh my god! Are they not? They're not going to win. They're not going to win because I, I'm with you. Like there was parts in the match where I was like, okay, I see where this is going. So it, it's not the Young Bucks night, um, you know. Not thinking that you know, I, I felt like eventually they'll get there, but mm. I didn't know if they would like on their first, you know, you know, try at the belts, win it, you know. So I could definitely see why you know they would go that route. But mm-hmm. I was really satisfied with the fact that the Bucks walked out with those belts. So, um, but yeah. Um, it, great match, you know, yes. well deserved. So it's about fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we had the Bullet Club. That would be Cody Rhodes, Hangman Page, and Marty Scroll going up against the Super Team of Jushin Thunder Liger, Rey Mysterio, and Tanahashi. What a team of legends! Holy yes. shit! <laughs> 
and they looked like a unified team, all in red and white. Uh, I love Mysterio's mask. Yes. The New Japan mask, mm-hmm. that was fucking bad. I could do it without his theme, but the mask was awesome. Yeah, it was this weird, like, cover of the, uh, the Boudicca, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, and it was, I definitely, it sounded like him, so... Oh, really? Yeah. It's not like his voice. Oh, God. Okay. I wonder if that's what he's, like, using on the, like, indie scene or something, maybe? When, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you couldn't get, what was that band that did it for him? P.O.D. or something oh, like God. that? I have no idea. I'm sure those guys aren't doing anything. He could have no. paid a little money to get that, <laughs> them to cut another version for him. Uh, but anyway, so, <laughs> fun match, mm. you know, um... I love Cody, you know, as the yes. heel here. God, I love Skrull. Um, and I like the fact that Hangman Page got some moments in this. You know, I feel like they're getting behind mm-hmm. Page, you know, and they're, you know, really, you know, starting to spotlight his talent. So, and this is just, I mean, what a learning tree to be under for Page, <laughs> you know. Yes. And for all these guys, honestly. Um, just to be, you know, facing off against this team of legends. Um my only complaint was I felt like it was a little short. You it know? was on the short side. Maybe it was, I don't know, to protect Ray at the time. I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, like, Cody and Ray didn't even touch until mm. the very, like, until after the um, the finish. So, and I, like, that made me think maybe they were teasing something there, which we find out that probably not. Yeah. Um, and we'll get there. But, uh, it, I don't know. It, it was just a fun match. It really was. I mean, Skrull, like, you know, just running out of the ring when they uh, mm. tagged in Mysterio. <laughs> That's great. Well, um, he asked for him to get in. And, and then he runs out. out of the ring, yes. Um, you know, and I love all the heat that Skrull's been working with, like, Liger and everything, mm. and that coming to fruition. I thought that was really cool. Tanahashi kind of, I felt like, was just, you know, underutilized yeah, in this match. He was barely in it. He was just, like, there, mm. but not really. So, but just an entertaining match. Mm. It could have been five minutes long. It was, I mean, it was that kind of like classic, these are our legend team type match. Yes, now. yes. The New Japan loves putting together those legend teams. Yes. So, um, but yeah, no. I mean, still fun regardless. <laughs> All right. And then next we had the ticking time bomb, Hiramu, going up against the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay. What'd you think of this match? Awesome. Yes. It was an awesome match. Um,. I was really surprised with Haramu winning the belt. Yeah. I did not see that happening. I really thought Osprey was going to, you know, retain the title. Oh, I, I thought um, he was going to kick out there. I was like, oh, he's he's actually pinned. Yeah. I yeah, was... I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was definitely surprised It was that. to that moment. I was just like, yeah. I couldn't believe that was happening. Um, lots of great spots. Well-paced. Um, there was a point where, like, they ran, like... Full steam ahead, you know, those drop kicks were insane that mm-hmm. Harriman was throwing at him. Um, really stiff, and Osprey was just taking him like a champ. Um, I kind of got the idea that Osprey was going to lose the belts because he had like almost like 70% of the offense gotcha. in this match. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's no way they're having, you know, Harriman win the Super Jacob and then like end up losing you know, this match, like, in this fashion, mm-hmm. you know, this being that one-sided. Yes, wrestling logic-wise, yes. Yes, so, I mean, it kind of just made me feel like, okay, but I was still surprised in the fashion that he won, because mm-hmm. I didn't think the finish was coming there. Um, this was another match where I felt like you could have been a little longer, um, 
But yeah, I mean, a great match for us. Well, these matches all sacrifice a little time for something yes, else. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three falls. Um, but yeah, no, just a great match, and it really feels like it's Hiramu's time. Mm. You know, right now. Uh, you know, after that match mm-hmm. with Ishimori and everything like that, you know, and the amount of press that he's been getting, I mean, that was a fantastic match. Um, you know, it feels like they're behind him. Yes. You know, and I definitely see Tachimori, uh, Tachimori, Ishimori going in and, uh, going up against Hiramu again yes. before the title. I mean, Osprey's definitely getting a rematch mm-hmm. here, and especially because I felt like they are pushing him to the moon. Um, but... God, yeah, I don't see any way they don't, you know, have a rematch soon after that bout. Mm. So those guys just clicked on all cylinders together. Yes. Um, I, we've My favorite spot, at least for that match, was um, Osprey jumping off the um, ramp. Yes, and I thought he was going to, like, <laughs> I didn't think he could reach him, and then he went almost over him. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, insane. oh, he's not going to make it. And then he almost cleared him. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, that was impressive. Yes. But yes, Hiramu is champion. Um, next we have Chris Jericho going up against Tatsuyo Naita. Night. Start over. <laughs> next we have Chris Jericho going up against Naito. Yes. Yes. Jericho's fucking <laughs> He comes out like... This, like, pseudo, like, clockwork orange, mm-hmm. crow, mime thing going on, um, you know, and he just attacks Naito. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was, like, what, like, five minutes before the bell even rang? He was just beating the shit oh, yeah. out of him. Like, he put him through a table. And even then, he still didn't give him, like, a... No, he had no breathe. breather. No. no breather whatsoever. He still had the suit on when he, uh, the bell rang, mm. so... Um, I knew it was going to be that kind of match. This was a total brawl, um, throughout. So I, you know, I mean, it looked like, uh, Naito got cut open like the hard way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I don't know if he caught like some shrapnel from the, from the table or something. Something uh, was in his eyes. I'm pretty I, sure that second table was supposed to break, but they just couldn't get it to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but like his eye just looked awful. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh shit. <laughs> Um, luckily it was like a cut like right underneath so okay, but good. his his eye looked bad I was like did um, he really like you know scratch a retina or something <laughs> um, but yeah no this was a brawl yes and was Jericho a... was on top for 90% of this match yeah yeah a lot of it Naito he did come back you know at the mm. you know midway and I was like okay I see where this is going but then Jericho you know definitely like you know what I see is like a huge upset, you know, but it makes me feel like obviously Jericho's going to be sticking around for mm. a while. Goes over on Naito. Um, so, I mean, we were kind of talking like if that happened that, you know, Jericho might have a bigger contract than we know of. And I mm. feel like that's the case now. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I don't think he's going to just drop the belts, you know, next match. And that's going to be. But how it. great would it be if he showed up on Raw with the belt? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, you know, his press conference afterwards was fantastic. Mm-hmm. This definitely was not the caliber of match um, him and Omega had. No. You know, by any means. Um, and I, I don't think that's what they're going for. They, I feel like he was definitely going for more of a brawl. Um, it was still fun, though. Yeah. You know, I still enjoyed the shit out of this match. <laughs> I love this character that Jericho's playing. 
you know this this new character mm. so um you know and i want swearico. more swearico chris swearico i want more so give me more <laughs> <laughs> oh you're gonna Damn get it. it yes so and then then after the match evil comes out chases jericho away i i love that after jericho wins the belt he's still whipping the shit out of naito mm. um evil chases him away i feel like that's gonna be the next match for jericho between him and evil mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if that happens at the cow palace um because i feel like there's no way that they don't come back to naito and him there's no well, way jericho but goes we know that naito evil and sonata are going to be going up against oh that's Lord. right that's right they are going to go so maybe you know some of them maybe won't the roads two mm-hmm. matches i feel like that match is happening you know, regardless, that's kind of like, I feel like that's the new Japan way, <laughs> you know, you kind of figure out who the next challenger is, you know, right off the bat, um, you know, right after the match, literally. So, um, I feel like that's going to end up happening, but then I feel like they're returning back to Naito and Jericho. Like there's no way he's mm. going over like that and not, you know, Naito's not going to get his like come up things. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean. Like I said, give me more Jericho. <laughs> I want. I like this version of Jericho. Yes, yes. And I would never see this coming. <laughs> no, no, you know how he ended. The, you know on WWE yeah. TV, like to get this, this like, Jericho to yes, this, this version God, of Jericho. No. Never imagined this happening. <laughs> but just awesome. Yes. <laughs> and then we ended with the main events of the night, which of course was Okada versus Omega. Two out of three falls. No time limit. Um, what what time did you predict again? I think it was you said an hour and thirty minutes, and that's about how long this match went. Uh, I think it was yeah, it was uh, uh, under an hour and ten. So it okay. did go over an hour, um, which I felt like there's no way. Like I think last match they had was mm. an hour. Or no, they had an hour time limit draw. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't surprised once they said you know no time limit. I was like they're going over an hour. There's no way. Um, that being said, this was an extremely well-paced match. I was really, really just impressed mm. with the match that they put together. Um, I was—I think I was telling you off mic, this is probably my favorite match out of the series um, between them. Just because I felt like it was just the culmination of like everything mm. that's happened in all the other matches. They did so many like callbacks to you know the other matches different spots and everything and we just you know where it was like oh okay i know what's going to happen here and they would just change it up on you and like mm-hmm. oh shit you know um when um when okada was running at kenny mm-hmm. full speed um you know and i you know thought obviously okay he's just going to jump over the barrier on kenny and then kenny hits that knee trigger out of nowhere and i legitimately thought like he broke Okada's <laughs> fucking arm. No, that was a great moment. Yes, and the way he Okada was selling that shit, man. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it wasn't selling, maybe he really did <laughs> fuck himself up on that. But, I mean, what an awesome moment. I mean, really, and just the pacing and just, I mean, I loved that I believe the first fall came like a half hour in, but I liked that it was kind of like he just caught him, mm-hmm. you know, because really that was Omega's, you know, that half hour was all Omega um and then you know okada caught him and they yes. did such a great job setting that up um because they kept on talking the announcers kept on really talking about how whoever wins that first fall you know it, it just has the momentum and it's going to be tough to overcome 
you know, and they kept on selling that. And then when Okada wins that first fall, I thought Callis did a great job of just selling, you know, mm. how dire the situation is for Omega, you know, to have to pin Okada twice in one match, you know, let alone one time, mm-hmm. um, back to back like that, you know, just huge. But then once again, like I start thinking wrestling logic, I was like, okay, they're, <laughs> they're putting this over too much, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Omega's winning. So, um, but it was still fantastic regardless to watch it all unfold. Um, but yeah, what was one of your favorite moments? Um, I definitely did like, which I I always hate when they do too many reversals, but I did like it when Okada caught him like that when they do the reversal into the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, it just it always comes like out of nowhere. That's when you know that's definitely getting a pin as well. Ah, uh-huh. uh, when he doesn't just grab. Uh-huh. <laughs> when you see him grab that wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what was another great one because you already mentioned my um flying knee pretty much. That was. so brutal it was like a car crash Mm -hmm. right Um, there's just so many the pace was incredible though because they were going and going and going but it made perfect sense for the match because then once they hit that hour they were just selling how exhausted Mm -hmm. they were oh yeah Um, and definitely like the stares back at each other yes and they're just on the ground and they're just hitting each other and they have nothing behind their punches Mm -hmm. and then Okada hits the Rainmaker and he has nothing on it he just he collapses instead of Omega which I thought was just fantastic. Um, oh, so was that supposed to be like kind of a callback to Omega Collapse? Yes, exactly. That That's what sense. I took it as. Okay. Um, and the fact that they took the time um, to put all those little spots in there to call mm. back to the, all their, you know, their series. New Japan does such a great job with that because we've seen that in other matches, especially with Kenny's matches where he did like a homage to I got to give the credit all to Kenny though. I think mm. that's a Kenny thing. You know, I think he, you know, he sees wrestling the way it should be seen, you know, like HBK used to see as like an art form. You know, Shawn Michaels would do a lot of things like that where, you know, you'd have those callbacks and those big moments mm. and he would really milk them. And I feel like Kenny gets it, you know, and he he puts those in his matches. Not only can he do anything in the ring, but he knows how to tell a story in the mm. ring, and that puts him above the rest, um, you know. And you know, and that once again with Okada too, you know, we got to give him credit. Um, but just my God, just a great story being told, mm. and to have it, you know, on you know to end this night and just having this big moment. You know, I did feel like once they announced the match, I did feel like he was going to go over here just because it felt like out of nowhere and just, it felt like, you know, the momentum was on his side. With yeah. Angle. We had like, I mean, when they announced it, that was really like, he was on this streak of breaking out of the records that he hadn't beaten before. Mm-hmm. And this felt like this was the last challenge for him. And I, it, that does make sense. That mm-hmm. does make sense. And I don't know where they go with Okada. You know, so I could have, I could have seen that happening where, you know, but I just don't know where Okada goes from here. I know. Uh, does he, does he enter the G1? Oh, he, oh, he's a G1. No matter you know, what. but I'm saying, do you feel like he'll win the G1? Do you feel like that's his road? Like, will it be, you know, will we get Kenny and Okada? Do they hold the, the rematch off to then? I could see it. I you mean, know. they're both, they're both going to be interacting between them, but mm-hmm. I could totally see Because we know they win. announced, you know, after the fact that, you know, it's going to be Rhodes versus Kenny at the Cow Palace. Um, but I feel like that's just kind of a pit stop. You know, I don't feel like that's going to be a major program. Um, you know, that's just kind of to please us Westerners. <laughs> um, 
I mean, you, not that I'm not going to be completely invested in that match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Just, I mean, God, what a great story. You know, what a well-executed match. I love the fact that he hit the one-winged angel the for this his first pinfall. Um, because I felt like if he would have done anything else, it would have been completely predictable that he was going to, you know, get the last, you know, pinfall. Because I just didn't see him going back to back like that with the, you know, one winged angel. But I'm glad he did because yes. it just was seamless. So, um, just such a well put together match, you know. How did you feel about the, um, John Bucks showing up? I get it. I wish they would have waited a few minutes, you know? Um, I understand what they're trying to go for storyline-wise. God, I don't know if I'm just, like, a a traditionalist. (laughs) Like, I did... I I understand why. Like, they go to present Kenny with the title. Mm -hmm. And Kenny kind of, like, pushes the title aside, and then he hugs um, Matt and Nick. And that part kind of irked me a little, you know, because this is what Kenny's been, you know, fighting so for hard. So long, yeah. And I guess the whole message there, because, I mean, it was definitely on purpose, you know, was that, you know, his friends, his family means more to him than anything. Um, I don't know. And I, I just wish there would have been a little more of a moment for Okada at the end, too. You know, like, I mean, God, I mean, what a fucking run mm. with the belt. I mean, I love the shot that they did where it's just the one dollar on the... At um, the end? Yeah. Yeah. I that thought was that was amazing. a cool shot, too. But, but, like, when they didn't come till, like, after... Was that the, after the press conference? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, maybe have that happen before the press conference. Mm. But I just... Yeah, that was very cinematic, though, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I really wish it w- it was almost awkward and I feel like the camera was too focused on the young bucks. Yeah. After they should have shown him kind of leaving more and yeah. dealing with his loss. And give me some time with Omega celebrating the mm. ring and just have that moment, you know, to himself for a second with the belt, you know, and then, you know, you have him turn around and be surprised by the young bucks there and then they can do the big group hug and everything. I mean, it makes sense. So, I mean, I understand what they're going for. I just, I don't know, I guess I wasn't a huge fan of that. So, um, how do you feel about the Golden Elite? I don't see it lasting very long at all. Yeah. I just, it doesn't feel like something Kota would be a part of. Right. And, and, and the whole, like, friendship and family stuff that he just kept spouting on just felt weird. And that whole situation. With like, Kenny? Yeah, with Kenny kept saying, like, oh, the only reason I was able to win was because of my friends all working together and being apart, like, being together. It just... But they weren't together at that point. I know. you talking about, like, to where he got to at this point? But that's what he kept saying. Yeah. It just felt weird. The fact that the Bucks have those titles and, you know, the Golden Loves are a tag team, mm-hmm. it just feels like that's going to eventually, you know, explode. So, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens sooner than later. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't see like Cody walking away with the belt though. I don't Mm. see any, you know, storyline where like Cody, any scenario where Cody walks away with that belt, you know, not now, but 
I mean. No, not right at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know because look at look at what we got out of this pay per view with almost all. Um, uh, so you think possibly talent, like just wiping clean? You know, I may be huge, but I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. See, like. Cody get that? <laughs> I I almost feel like it's too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel they're like behind we'll get, him. Obviously, they yeah. love him. I feel but. like we'll get Okada going for a rematch before that, at least. And really, because yeah, they've been building, they've been building Cody though. They have been just like very subtle. Because he went over at Bushi, mm-hmm. you know. So I feel like they're kind of like s- slowly, you know, building him. Yeah, and they um, were stating that whoever like would win that match would be destined to get a title. Mm-hmm. That's what they kept mentioning during that yeah so i mean i just i don't know i don't know i don't i i still feel like it's going to be a one-off though between those two and then you know you're going to have omega and okada going at it again or you know a new challenger or somehow it's going to explode between the young bucks and kenny but i mean it would be a cool moment for the bucks to like also turn on kenny during that match Mm -hmm. and then cody walks away with that title i mean god the heat (laughs) <laughs> could you imagine like if his his title reign only lasts like a couple weeks because that, be... that I, the cow palace I think is in like July early July so I mean my god I mean that would be just That'd a be nuclear heat yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's my favorite heel right now in the business I mean looking at looking at G1 it'd be interesting to have I don't know if Cody's gonna be in G1 or not this year I feel like he would be but it would be interesting to see a finals between Okada versus Cody. It'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, I Okada hasn't match. won since twenty fourteen, but he's already won twice. Who Okada? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't see hmm. if Kenny still has the belt. I could see definitely Okada, you know, winning. Mm-hmm. You know, and having the rematch at Wrestle Kingdom. That makes sense. You know, storyline wise. Logic-wise, that makes sense. So, Omega drops the Tranquilos uh, line, mm-hmm. you know, in his, like, you know, speech afterwards. Which I, I mean, that would like be an amazing match. was a little mock, you mm-hmm. know, at Naito. So. Not that we haven't seen it before, but. No, but it would be, it would be cool. For that say. title, oh yeah. You know, that would be awesome. But I feel like Naito owes, like, Okada something. I feel like that still needs to happen. Mm. You know, I, I kind of wanted Naito to beat Okada for that belt if that was going to happen. So, yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, whatever. You know, I feel like he'll, that belt's definitely going to be his soon, though. So, uh, If you were to give this pay-per-view a five-star rating. I'd give it five stars. I would go full five stars. I mean, I can't. That Omega match, man. <laughs> Damn good match. And I, I thoroughly enjoy, you know half of this card like half this card i'd give like four to five stars mm-hmm. so but you know that was such a great moment and it's such a great match i mean it's one of my favorite matches probably the past like decade um i got yeah i gotta give it five stars we have to probably agree with you there you know it's just there were so many surprises especially i didn't expect you know chris jericho to be winning i didn't expect hiramu to win um michael Elgin, i expected to win but yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't, there, yeah, there's a lot of surprises on this card, mm-hmm. you know, and I enjoyed that, you know, because I felt like a lot of the finishes, have been great matches, but have been kind of predictable um, the last year. So, you know, this was refreshing and they're under new management now. So, 
you know, they're definitely trying to appeal to a broader audience, a more worldwide audience. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was kind of interesting. They just gave all the belts to white people, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Hey, new Canada pro wrestling. All right. Oh God. But yeah, no, great, great pay-per-view. If you've not seen this, do yourself a favor, subscribe to new Japan world and watch this. Yes. So, 999 yen. <laughs> what does it come out to? How much am I paying for that? Like I think it's like bucks. nine bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Just yeah. sounds scary. <laughs> so I saw a little movie. Oh yeah. This weekend. <laughs> <laughs> On top of everything else. On top of everything else. I believe you saw it too. Yes. Hereditary. Yes. Um. This is a horror movie that has had a lot of hype going into it. Um, so I was I was happy to find because at mm-hmm. first it felt like it was going to be a limited run, and obviously they opened it up. Um, you know, it was in more theaters than I thought, so I was really excited that I was able to go see it. Yes. Because um, at first I started looking up show times like I think like three or four weeks ago, and it wasn't going to mm-hmm. be in many like plays and I hate when that happens yes yes and that happens because this is definitely more this was making the whole like festival rounds and everything like that Mm -hmm. seem like more like an art house horror movie um you know which I love but yeah I was really worried that I wasn't gonna be able to catch this in the Mm -hmm. theater so the fact that it actually went to more of a widescreen release I was excited about um how did you feel about this movie Christian I will let you lead (laughs) (laughs) you know I, I ended up leaving the theater enjoying it so much. And I think, like, when I was leaving, I saw the crowd's reaction, and they were all, like, kind of, like, excited about it. Mm-hmm. So seeing uh, most of the audience and online kind of... I think it's hard when you, like, you know, trying to harsh. figure... I feel like it's just, like, a vocal minority mm-hmm. almost, though. Like, you know... Yeah, that those loud few. Yes. Know. I You know, because I... A lot of people I talked to really enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I've seen the comments too. Um, you know, and I, I can, think I think any time reviewers start comparing movies to like The Exorcist or telling you mm-hmm. this is the scariest movie you see, you know, in the for you know of this decade, you know, um, I think people are already ready to like pounce and you know just you know hate on a movie. So I'm not surprised by that, and that mm-hmm. seems to be a theme lately. You know, like the critics just completely disagreeing yeah. with an audience. Um, so I wasn't necessarily surprised. But yeah, and I, horror is so subjective, too. Oh, yeah. You know, and the horror crowd is so fickle when it comes to movies like this. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, yeah, I, I walked out of this loving it a lot. Um, there's so many different little subtle aspects of this film that you really I just sit there, watch, and appreciate everything that's happening. A lot to absorb, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many. I really felt like just the style that the director, you know, took, like you know, just the cinematography in general was just so masterfully done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, I mean, it made for a really enjoyable watch because you get completely absorbed mm-hmm. in this movie, like frame for frame. Um, this was done by uh, Ari Esther, and this was his first feature film Mm. i mean talk about fucking impressive (laughs) i mean i if you told me like this guy's been making films for 20 years i would totally believe it you know um this felt like a polanski film to me at times 
um, you know, in more ways than one, but just the way it was shot, you know, not just even like story theme wise, um, just the, the framing of every scene, um, the way he used like transitions and everything. It just like from the beginning, like it was just like this sense of dread, you know, and I really feel like that was all in just editing and pacing mm. and just framing of the scenes. Um, but you know, I, well, if anything, they even make dread feel like it's their normal life. Yes. And that like, and there's parts where you start to forget just kind of like little messed up things that she said at the beginning of the film. And it becomes like, Oh, wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't right. This isn't normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> it feels like two, like in two, really the way that they put this film together you know, it almost felt like the first half of this movie was much more like a psychological, like mm-hmm. thriller, you know, horror movie kind of. And then the second half of the movie is just very much your classic horror story, yes. you know. Um, but I, it really took you on a ride, you know, it was a roller coaster. We're trying to go light on spoilers <laughs> here, um, like the movie Annihilation, which we yes. reviewed. You know, this is something that you months need ago. To see this is definitely a movie you need to experience for mm-hmm. yourself. Um, this movie is an experience. This is a movie to see like in a crowded theater. Um, you know, to see on the big screen. Um, not that this movie won't you know have the same effect on you. Mm-hmm. Um, on you know on I Blu-ray or something, but you know, and effect is what I want to get over. This movie affects you. <laughs> Because, like, throughout the entire movie, you know, it just was so off-putting. And it was really just, you know, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it didn't fall into a lot of, you know, those typical horror tropes. You know, they were there. Yes. But just storytelling-wise, it was so different. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the just the whole, you know, approach to this movie yes, was I different. I was very happy that, like, all those tropes were there. But at the same time, they took them in a different direction mm-hmm. that was completely not, like, that's the way that this is advertised, the way that it's shown. I was completely thought it was going this way. You know, yeah. This typical, every every other kind of horror movie that we've seen way, and it goes just diagonal. Exactly. It follows the same path, but it's just a little bit different. Because really, I mean, and I think what makes this movie different is the family aspect mm-hmm. of it. It's just, you know, that it really opens up and it's really focusing on this family. But it's really, it feels like, you know, you don't, you're not quite sure about this group of people and they do all kind of seem miserable. Mm. Um, you know, there's this huge theme of grief and like loss that's going on through especially the first half of the movie where you're watching this family trying to wrestle with like the loss of this like matriarch of the family. Mm. Um, and they just all don't really know how to feel. The relationship was not healthy whatsoever. Um, you're finding things, you know, throughout the movie, you know, just in like, you know, just through happenstance, through conversation, mm. you know, that just totally like, you know, like, wait a second, what did she just say? Exactly. You know, um, you know, there's exposition that's, you know, said throughout and all these movies need exposition. But I love the way that they did the exposition because it would just come up in subtle ways in conversation and it would just like, you know, like they'd be talking about one thing and all of a sudden, you know, the mother would throw one line out, you know, mm-hmm. about something that happened in the past and be like, holy shit, what? <laughs> you know, where you just like almost be awakened by it. Like, yeah. you'd be like, whoa, what, what did she just say? 
um, you know, just masterfully done um, and just really kind of like helped with that, like just that mood of just, you know, dread and creepiness. Like, wait, something's not right here. Um, all these performances were just stellar. I mean, I will complain about one thing. Okay, go ahead. I did not like the teenage sons crying. It, it really? Was like the one See, thing that upset me. It just felt real to me, though. It felt like like an actor trying to cry. Really? Okay. That's that was the only thing that took me out. I don't know. I I, I didn't mind it. You know, I just felt like the end scene where I, I once again we're trying to when he starts to like say mommy like that like got to me. You know, at the end where he was just you know just trying anything you know and just mm. in a situation of like no return <laughs> and he's just crying you know um, his heart out literally you know trying to reach his mind i just i don't know that got to me you know um and really you think about it he he had the most you Mm. know like him and the mom really had the most going on like through the trailer and everything it's really misleading like who the focal point of this movie is um you know he carried a lot of this film you know so i i don't know i i was okay with him i really was like overall it was fine it was just like there's one moment where he, I think he screams, and it sounds like it's coming straight out of like a comedy instead of mm-hmm. on like a horror film. So, and there was people in my crowd that had that same because I hear him giggling. Really, so I was just like, okay, this is, and that too. Like when you hear that, that crowd mm-hmm. reaction, that also because I've had that happen to me where it can take you out of a movie too. So I don't know. I I guess I bought it more as the like, authentic performance, mm-hmm. but I could see where you're going with that. You know. It just felt like more real because of that, you know, that, mm. you know, he's not trying to like put on any airs, you know, he's terrified. So I guess that's, you know, what I got from it. Um, Tony Collette, though. Holy shit, man. If she was nominated for The Sixth Sense and I'm not like putting down her work mm. in The Sixth Sense, you know, I thought it was a phenomenal acting job. There should be no reason why she's not nominated. For I like this portrayal way better. Yes. Me. When... She suffers a great loss, you know, um, you know, halfway through this movie. Oh, my God. Mm. You know, there's so much pain. Yes. And she's on the ground and she's just screaming at the top of her lungs. And you just Mm. it was just gut wrenching. It really was. Um, It this movie just takes you places that you're not expecting at all. You know, I mean, I don't know. And I did. The trailer and the promotion of this movie does such a great job of just kind of keeping you in the dark, you know, just giving you a little taste, mm. but not like really letting you know what's going on. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that performance. And, you know, even Gabriel Byrne, I thought did a great job as this like kind of stoic, you know, you know, father who doesn't know what the hell is mm. going on and just trying to keep things together. And, you know, but you know, you kind of start seeing the cracks you know, throughout the way and, you know, him trying to just really be the glue for this family. Oh, him, the way that he holds himself together throughout most of these moments, I'm like, there's no way I'd be flipping out right now. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. no way. Yeah. Yeah. And you're hearing, you and through, you know, just different dialogue, you hear, you know, you know, oh, they did have a rough patch and everything because he really just seems like the best husband in the world, like mm-hmm. the world's greatest husband. Um, you know, to be dealing with everything. Oh, yeah, that's everything's going on. kind of said in like passing. Just... Yes, yes, but it's all—it's so off-putting the way mm-hmm. it's said and everything. You know, the um, 
uh, Tony Collette's character um, just lets out all this information in this like support group mm. that <laughs> just like you know your jaws on the ground. You're like, what did she just fucking say? You know, you're expecting this moment that you've seen a million times in horror movies, and then she just drops all of this like family history on you and it just like it was just the way she did it and the way she just matter-of-factly like said it just Mm. felt like so like i don't know just you know took me aback you know um you know almost as much as like some of the bigger scenes that happened in the movie like holy shit this family really is fucked up you know this Mm. isn't just a crazy like you know it's hereditary yes right (laughs) roll credits uh but yeah no i just my God, Ari Aster, though, is going to, you know, he's going to have Hollywood knocking on his mm. door, you know, and he wrote the script, too. Okay. So this is, you know, all his work, all his doing. So, I mean, there are a lot, a lot of nods to other horror movies in this, you know, but to me, it was more honoring those movies. It wasn't just like, oh, God, you know, we've seen this before, you know. I mean, there's a lot of, like, callbacks to movies like, you know, Rosemary's Baby. Definitely Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Omen stuff, you know, a lot of little exorcist nods and everything like that. But just enough, you know, because there's sometimes where movies do that where it's like, okay, I've seen that shot, that very shot before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just enough of a tip of a hat to those movies, you know, where you kind of really, you know got a little chuckle out of it mm. and it really just actually lent you know helped the story along um you know i thought the soundscape of this movie yes yeah, sound was very important like don't go to your cheap theater <laughs> yes get somewhere that at least has surround sound speakers yes because they did a great job with mm. the sound design i mean really i mean so much of this movie is editing and sound you know, you would be doing yourself a disservice to mm. see it, you know, in a cheap theater, really. Because, I mean, the music was like a character in the movie. It was very subtle at points. And sometimes there would be no music and less is more, you know. Mm. Um, but then there's other points where, you know, it just, you know, became the scene almost. Um, you know, so the sound meant so much for the movie. And I really enjoyed, too, like his transitions between scenes, you know, like she makes these like insane models right Mm -hmm. and like from the opening scene like you feel like you're in like the models Mm -hmm. at times and the way that they framed some of those shots they i mean they had this beautiful house and like it had these really like tall ceilings Mm -hmm. so it really made you feel like you could be in one of these models and they really did set it up all by that opening shot but it really just the way that they use space and everything. Yeah, it's constantly goes back to that. Yes, yes. Though I was expecting there to be a little bit more room play. Okay, okay. When, especially with the way the trailer showed it, I thought they were going to do that more often, where it was going to be like they'll show um, a room and then they'll be in there the camera. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I you just, know I'm. They don't. They didn't need to do that. No, whatsoever. no. And that's just something I expected. I think it almost helped not having that much because it mm. still felt like the way they would shoot things and like having all this open space in these shots because it was such wide. There's mm. so many wide shots, but having all this open space, like we've been trained as an audience, you know, especially like if you're a horror fan, that open space means something's fucking happening, <laughs> you mm. know, right? Um, and to have all this open space, but, you know, really just being focused on these characters in the middle of it, but just, you know, you almost, it almost lends itself to that, like, sense of dread, you know, in your mind, because you've been trained to, mm. like, okay, 
something's showing up in this open space. There's a reason why they're giving you this wide shot. Um, but I mean, and sometimes some things did, you know, but when they did, it was so subtle that sometimes you did, like for me, like I wouldn't notice it right Ooh. away. And then I was like, holy shit, what's that? Um, you know, a lot of moments like that. Um, I, like I said, we're trying to stay light on spoilers <laughs> here. Um, um, this film is definitely more, I would say, unnerving rather than jump scary. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and maybe for an audience that, you know, gets off on like the mm. jump scares. And I enjoy a good jump scare flick. You know, I really do. Um, but this is definitely more of your like 70s slow burn movie you know this I, the runtime's like over two hours really yeah it was, I, did, I mean watching it i didn't feel that way i didn't feel that way either i heard some people complaining about it and you know if that's not the type of movie you know you're into you know this probably isn't the movie for you i mean horror movies are so subjective you know what scares some people does not scare others but this is the kind of movie that i get off on i love these type of movies and don't get me wrong i love a good slasher movie you know christian can attest to mm. you know we're sitting in my basement covered with you know halloween posters and friday 13 posters but these are the movies that actually get to me you know um you know this movie infects you and it stays with you um i was thinking about this movie for you know the next couple days afterwards um you know i'm still thinking about <laughs> this movie because there's subtle scenes that happen in this mm. movie that at the time because everything's so you know just off-putting you don't really, you know, it doesn't really uh, absorb, mm -hmm. you know, into your consciousness. But then later on, it like comes back and it's like, holy shit, what about that scene? You know, um, I don't know, man. I really, really enjoyed this mm -hmm. movie. I really did. Um, you know, uh, I just, you know, I, it's unfortunate too. like I saw like it did OK in the theaters. Um, not great. And it wasn't open nearly. It was like, I think like. Deadpool and Solo yeah. and, you know, those movies all trounced it. But, you know, for the amount of theaters it was uh, in and, you know, for the kind of promotion it got, mm -hmm. it still did well for itself. I'm okay. sure it had a small budget, um, but I feel like this is the kind of movie that should have a bigger second week, you know, just because of, like, word of mouth. Word of mouth, right. You know, but, you know, hearing, you know, so many haters out there and everything, you know, I think that's unfortunate. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's... You know, that's not going to help it at all. No. Um, but I, I just hope it gets a good buzz and everything. Because this is definitely, you know, if you're a horror movie fan and you're a fan of those types of movies, those, you know, those 70s movies where just, you know, in the 70s, you know, they didn't have that cookie cutter of like, this is what a horror movie is. Mm -hmm. You know, directors were like outlaws and they could really do whatever the fuck they wanted, you know, like Polanski, you know. Um, and this was very much in that vein so i mean if those are your types of movies and you love movies like that i mean this is the movie for you you know because that really you think about the script it's nothing you haven't seen before no you know it's really about the way they deliver it to mm. you though um you know the structure that they put around it because story point wise we've seen all this stuff before um but that's what kind of makes it fun to mm. me you know it's just like here, like, we can take these topics that you've seen in a lot of cheesy B-movies, but we can, you know, show it to you in this different way where you take it seriously and it can seriously fuck with you and get into mm -hmm. your psyche where you believe this shit. Um, I don't know, man. I... <laughs> <laughs> Have I said I like this movie? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm a... 
If you were to give it a five star rating, I mean a star rating out of five. That's okay, what I, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what would you give it? I'm gonna go five. All right, I'm gonna go five. I don't think I've gone five before. Maybe Infinity War, I went five. Maybe. I think so. Okay. Pretty sure you did. Okay. That was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give five. I can be pretty hard on horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it when I'm when I'm given something different. Yeah, this was refreshing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna settle with a four point five. Okay. But it definitely it your five star rating is not wrong. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not in the same Damn straight, it's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Go see this movie. Yes, def- definitely check it out. Definitely see it in theaters. I mean, I'm a theater junkie, I know, but mm-hmm. please go see it in theaters. No, this is a movie that needs to be experienced. You know, if you've got a group of friends that are horror movie fans, go see this movie. This is a movie that you'll talk about like afterwards mm-hmm. with them. Um, and you can really just sit down and really analyze and, you know, just have a just a great time, you know, discussing. This is what film for me is about, you know, is, you know, going and experiencing it with a group of people and, you know, really getting into it and just that, like, minutia of the film itself. So, you know, I live for a film like this. So, go see it, guys. Go it. see it. <laughs> support horror movies. If you don't go out and support horror movies, we're not going to get them. Yeah. God knows. And then had, we can't talk about Yes. We've had years droughts without, you know, any good horror movies. So, I mean, please go see this movie yes. if you're a horror fan. All right. I think that's going to about do it for this week. All right. Before we go, we got some awesome podcasts that we want you to check out. Um, up first is Still Loading, a video game podcast. Listen in as my friends and I just talk about the games we love. And that's pretty much it. But this is a fun podcast. If mm. you love video games, you'll love this podcast. So give them a listen. Um, and follow them on Twitter. They're at Still Loading Pod. Um, next is uh, Friends of the Show, Chewed Gum Podcast. Uh, hey, Twitter, we are part of the DCP Network. Our podcast is strictly for reviewing entertainment uh, a funny and in a funny and detailed way. Um, give these guys a listen. I mean, they're a great podcast, and this isn't their only podcast. Mm. So I believe they got like two or three different podcasts. But start here, and I'm sure you're going to want to follow their other podcasts also. Um, they're on Twitter right now, and I believe they're on Podbean also. They're definitely on iTunes. So. Um, but yeah, go ahead and give them a follow. All right, next up we have the Fan Film Boys. Enjoy a good fan film? The Fan Film Boys podcast reviews and discusses and promotes fan films of all types. It's a really novel concept and an awesome concept for like up and coming filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Christian. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, check them out. You know, it's a great way to, um, you know, find out about some upcoming filmmakers out there yeah so maybe christian will be on one day who knows (laughs) who knows (laughs) when christian's a little bit more awake so (laughs) (laughs) all right oh that was the last one that's the last one oh i apologize well make sure that you're listening to us on every platform that there is because we are on every single platform i even put us on spreaker even though we can't we're not i don't think all of our episodes are up there right now 
But just a couple, you know, if, you, if you're interested, check us out Say there. Say it again, Spreaker? Spreaker, that's how I pronounce okay. it. Okay, alright. Yeah. That's whatever. Spreaker. <laughs> We're on everything else, so yes. that's cool. Yes. Um, make sure that you're following us. We're on um, Twitter, at Amazing Nerd Show. We're on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. I hope you guys can sense it. We're fucking exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have like three shows to cover all this, let alone one. Jesus Christ. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Christian doesn't want to edit three shows. Well, <laughs> That's the problem, and I don't blame him. So. But I feel like we have this great show. No, no. Hey. All this great You don't have content, to tell me. <laughs> you know? That's exactly why you finished it. That's exactly why you've gotten to this point. Uh-huh. You've heard such great content. All on one single show. Sure, it might take you six listens, but <laughs> we got to the end. Hey, I like that. That's how I commute, you know? That's how I take my walks. Um, so, yeah, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Yes, make sure that you're following us on all three platforms because we do different things on each platform. Um, you're probably enjoying our house band. That's yeah, right, them guilty, guilty aces. aces. Ooh, on time with each other. <laughs> um, make sure you're checking them out. Uh, go on their website. Get their free EP. Check out their website, uh, not their website, sorry. I was trying to say their YouTube, because um, they have a great new music video on there, and they have more music videos on the way. Um, we love them. We're going to keep playing them on the episode, because they're great. <laughs> so Damn straight. Damn straight. Um, is there anything else I missed? Oh, 12 Ounce Radio, man. you got to listen to more 12 Ounce Radio shows. Great shows on there. Yes, great shows. Uh, anything else? That's probably about it. Oh, what about Periscope, man? Oh, yeah, man. Check us out on Periscope. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure that you're watching our live streams. Um, We are doing a lot more content. Uh, We're trying to put out more live streams out there. We're experimenting We're experimenting. Absolutely. Um, We're doing a lot more um, reactions to wrestling because Lord knows there's enough wrestling out there to react to it. Um, I just did all of E3 weekend. All of them. All of E3. (laughs) Um, Make sure you can follow us right now. You can see all of our previous ones. Everything is still public. I'm not going to lock anything up yet. No. I I haven't made myself look like a fool just yet. So we'll get Although we'll see the wrestling one. We could have (laughs) turned off the camera for some reason. Yes. Yes, we couldn't figure out. I'm not iPhone savvy and he has an iPhone. So that's, that's it was my first there. time actually using the app, yes. so <laughs> that's our excuse at least. Yes, and that is our show. This that's is Christian. And this is David. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show. I want you to look at this. You see this? You see this? This is the blood of Naito. And it's the blood of Chris Jericho. Because two men just beat the shit out of each other. It was one of the toughest matches I've ever had in my entire career. Naito Tatsuya is an excellent, excellent performer and professional wrestler. And that was one of the hardest matches I've ever had in my life. But you can see this. The blood of Chris Jericho and Tatsuya Naito is on the Intercontinental Championship. Ten times Intercontinental Champion, nine times WWE, now New Japan. The only performer in professional wrestling history to be the Intercontinental Champion in the WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling. It also shows that Chris Jericho is in New Japan Wrestling to stay. It wasn't just for the Tokyo Dome, it wasn't just for tonight.
because now I am the champion. I don't know when I can wrestle again because Naito kicked the shit out of me. My head is fucking killing me. My hand is killing me. I'm seeing stars. <coughs> but it was worth it because just like I said, I am the best of all time. I am the greatest of all time. I am the alpha, Chris Jericho. And you never know what to expect from Chris Jericho. You never know what I'm gonna wear. You never know what I'm gonna do. And you never know what title is I'm gonna win. And tonight, I am the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. And I take that very seriously. I know Naito didn't want the Intercontinental Championship. He didn't wear it, he didn't bring it to the ring. This stays with me from now until the moment I lose it. I'm gonna eat with this title. I'm gonna sleep with this title. I'm gonna shit with this title. I'm gonna go buy a first class ticket on the flight to Tampa tomorrow so this title can sit next to me on the plane. Cause it's that important to me. After 26 years of coming to Japan and almost 60 tours, I am finally an IWGP champion. And that means everything to me. So I take great pity for anybody that wants to take this from me. I take great pity on anybody that wants to face Chris Jericho here in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because you never know what I'm going to do. And none of you believed that I was going to become the champion tonight, not one of you. Except for me. So drink it in, man. It's the new Intercontinental Champion. And you can choke on it.